And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. from christmas story uh oh when that he, when he finally uh uh the santa claus at the top of the slide pushes oh, the kid's yeah. face down and he finally goes oh that's right oh, why he's pushing him down with his foot. well well ho ho well well welcome to down on the docks hello christmas episode <laughs> inaugural christmas episode wow um dave uh was santa nice to you yeah, very nice to me. I got another ugly sweater again. Okay, perfect. Yep. Well, we're recording this the day after uh, Christmas, and Santa not only delivered to you, he's mm-hmm. delivering to our listeners. I bet. Because we have a Christmas special. Let's hear it. Um, well, before we get into that, uh, if you're new and joining the show, you know what we need more than anything, Dave? Five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, or just, you know, uh, join uh, one of our uh, uh, social media platforms. That's, those are good, too. Down on the Docks pod at Instagram, Down on the Docks on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they, we have our LinkedIn bios to, oh, yeah. to the Discord. Linktree. Yeah, which is really cool because this week's episode is actually a listener request. Yes. Delirious Biscuit from the Discord. Yeah, right. Delirious Great Biscuit. dude. Delirious D- DB Delirious Biscoat Biscuit says, "Can you guys cover Twas the Fight Before Christmas?" Ooh, yeah, it's uh, on Apple. Uh, what do they call? It? Is it Apple Plus or is it Apple Pod? Uh, I guess it's Apple Plus. It's Apple Plus. Um, Apple Pod. Yeah, no, it's Apple Plus. So it's on Apple Plus. Um, it's uh, came out a year ago. Um, it's directed by Becky Reed. And um, the way it opens is, is there's this beautiful shot, this overhead shot of like this lake and there's snow and there's the lake surrounded by these houses. We hear jingle bells playing softly in the background. And then the the star of our show, um, uh, Jeremy Morris, he opens up one of those storage lockers, a storage unit, and it's filled to the brim with Christmas decorations. Nice. Okay. Uh, I would say he's probably in his late 30s. You ever been a Christmas decoration guy? No. No? No, not at all. Okay. Like zero. Yeah. Um, And when when I was drinking, I would drink so much. Yeah, you'd go fuck up other people's decorations? No, I wouldn't even open up my presents for like a week. Oh, shit. I I remember being with my my girlfriend at the time. She's like, are you ever going to open up these presents? And Uh, I'm like, when we run out of booze. Yeah, we'll find out if there's booze in here. But uh, it's like New Year's Eve and we got places to go. And she's like, don't you care about what my mom got you? And I'm like, not really. (laughs) And she's like, I put up a tree and I'm like, good for you. Put it down. Yeah. (laughs) January 3rd. Put it down. We got to get to the bar. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've never been big on it. So uh, and I've constantly, you know, obviously I've lived alone most of my life, yes. which is what I you're going to do. <laughs> we don't really. It's a give, cycle, the vicious cycle. Give a fuck about your, you know. Existence. Yeah. yeah. But th- I've changed. But, you Good. know. Yes, you have. Um, you know, like uh, here's me celebrating the holidays. Uh, Die Hard. I'll watch Die Hard. Okay. And I watch Lethal Weapon. I watch them both. 
And that was enough Christmas for me. Cool. You know? Lethal, I like how Lethal Weapon all of a sudden gets bunched into there. Dude, it's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. And I know people have this debate all Look, the time. And, and this is my story. My yeah. thing is, if there's snow yeah. in the show, it's yeah. a Christmas movie. Here's my thing. If it opens with... Jingle bell, jingle bell, okay, that jingle. Too. They both open with Christmas uh, songs. There you go. So then yeah. there you go. If that if that's true, yeah. there really should be no debate about the Die Hard thing. No, no, Die Hard's not a debate, but Lethal Weapon, it's not a debate either. The last okay. sign with, okay. with Gar- or fight in front of the Murtaugh's yard with Gary Busey, yeah. there's fucking Christmas lights. There's a Christmas okay, well, tree. Then, yeah, exactly. If there's Christmas lights, Christmas yeah. tree. If it happens yeah. during Christmas, it's a Christmas. 100%. So let's movie. get back to Jeremy. I want you to picture this. Do you know uh, Ed Helms and Jack McBrayer? Yes, Ed Helms is the guy from uh, The Office. Yeah, and then Jack McBrayer. You know, he's I know like that one that is uh, from. Uh, I've never seen an episode of the show, but it's okay. the one with uh, Tina Fey and Thirty Al- Rock. Yes, but he's the, he plays the page. Oh he, yes, yeah, Kevin. But he's Kevin like the, super happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. he's so like asexual. That, apparently. that's exactly why I think this guy is like that. Interesting, because he might be asexual. So any anyway, Jeremy says. So we're at the North Pole storage. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we keep all the Christmas stuff. We have millions of lights and trees and penguins. <laughs> they used to pull Santa's Santa Claus's sleigh on my roof of my house in Los Angeles when I was a little boy. So the next he shows off his Nutcracker collection. Oh, uh, well, well, okay. Yeah, 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 that's my point. If you the have actual nut- Nutcrackers, yeah, those are cool. The real tall ones, right? He says these were my my parents' house when I was a kid, and he says it's almost like I'm recreating my childhood. Yes, and he says I wanted to take part in this film. Because it seemed like a fun opportunity. Yeah. You know that somebody likes Christmas, they're looking for a fun opportunity. Yes, yes, yes. He says, like, I mean, how many people ever get to be in a film, you know? <laughs> About Christmas. <laughs> no, just a film, period. Yes. He's like, a lot of people told me not to be in the film, believe it or not, because what they'll do is they'll make you look like a crazy person. Yes, okay. This film needs no help making him look like a crazy person. Okay. He's going to be a crazy person, whether he's in a film or in the grocery store. If you run into this guy, you're going to be like, that guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. All right? It's an understatement. So then for, for one reason or another, he throws on a Roman soldier's outfit and grabs a sword and starts playing around. It's just, Whoa. you know, obviously a quick director decision to throw that in there. Okay. But he says, look. Is he saying all this with the uniform on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I think it was just a quick shot okay. with that. Most of the time in the dock, just so you know, he looks, he's either in the storage unit surrounded by all this Christmas shit okay. or he's in his office, but he's always wearing a red sweater. Okay. Okay. Like he's the type of guy that has a red sweater for Monday, red, red sweater for Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so anyway, he says, and I'm just like, look, a lot of people think I'm crazy to begin with. I don't really care. I come in here and it brings me happiness and I bring my kids, Uh-oh. but this stuff sits in here year after year. And I am the only American Probably the only person in the world who has ever been banned by a federal court <laughs> uh-huh. for decorating for Christmas. I, I, lo- I love it. Too much, huh? Yeah. going too hard. I don't need these things to have Christmas. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that they would try and take this all away from me when we live in America, it's not going to happen. Right. So I have a feeling that, yes, while the court did decide this guy can no longer uh, have uh, Christmas decorations, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that it, that was on... Uh, by um, 
a recommendation by a medical doctor, yeah, possibly like a, a psychiatrist. Yes. Well, anyway, That's... the door of the storage unit shuts, and next we see him driving down the road. Okay, he's with his wife and kids, okay. and they're off to go get this year's Christmas tree. Now mm-hmm. you know professionals. Sure. They don't just go to the Christmas tree on the corner lot no, store. No, they don't. They're going to go find it and chop the chop fucker down. Chop it down. So he's like with the kids and he's Christmas like. Christmas tree. That's Christmas what he's literally. Tree. He says this. He says, Christmas tree time. Oh, no. Let's go. Kids are Those like. kids look nervous. Here's the thing. They're, they're a little young. Okay. They don't even know how screwed they're going to yeah. be later in the life. The wife. What about the wife? Does she have like a really. Everything is great. She's she's not all there. Okay. She's not even close on the spectrum like he is. Okay. She's a little bit more grounded. Okay. But anyway, they park the car and then they start walking into the forest. And, you know, uh, he's like, come on, buddy, let's do it. You know, he's talking to his kids, you know, and then he picks out a winner and says, This is it for sure. It's even got a beam of light on it. <laughs> he's like look at this guys it's a good way of picking one do you think it's full enough and his wife christy's like honey it's way too big you can't do this and he's yeah. like i will make it work yeah and she's like uh i think we need to scale it down and he's like no this is the one she's like no it's not oh, and he's like this is it she's like sweetheart it's not gonna fit in the house and he's like i know but just listen to me if you love me if you love me you'll let me get the big trade and then boom, he takes out an axe and just starts chopping it down. Yeah. So you can always chop it smaller if you have to. I don't know how. I think she's being uh, overreacting, in my opinion. The tree's too big, dude. Okay. All right. So then the credits come up and we see the title and it's called Twas the Fight Before Christmas. Now, I want to get back to Jeremy real quick. I did some research because I was like, there's got to be a mental condition for people like this. Like, okay. it's got to be in the DSM. Like, it's got to be like called something. Sure. And interestingly enough, like specifically for Christmas, like Christmas fanaticism, there's got to be a medical condition, right? There isn't. Oh, so um, there's no word in the English language or uh, anywhere that I could find outside of urban dictionaries that establish a word for the obsession of Christmas. So crowdsource dictionaries like uh, urban dictionary, they've suggested Yule file. Okay. (laughs) Yule tied a file. Okay, leave it up to fucking Urban Dictionary to Chris, file everything up. <laughs> Christmas file. And then Christogeniaticophile. Okay. So that sounds like someone just tried to make it. Well, no, no, sound. no. The reason that comes is there is, however, an official word for fear of Christmas. Oh. Which is Christogenia Christogeniaticophobia. Okay. Christogenia Christogeniaticophobia. So instead of the phobia, you add a file to it. That's what I'm thinking. We cool. should. Interesting. So anyway, um, there are, however, many Christmas-related phobias. Um, do you know what the fear of snow is? No. Chinoophobia. Oh. Uh, how about Christmas trees? Uh, nope. Christogeniaticodentrophobia. Okay. <laughs> how about the fear of opening gifts? Don't. <laughs> no. Doronephobia. Okay. I fear it would be like... A- Paper cut of phobia. <laughs> right, so right. Just fear of holidays. We should be making fun of these, but we're not. We're, well, we're giving information sure. and it's early in the show. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to the jokes. Fear of holidays? Uh, no. Alcoholism? <laughs> yes. I hate I hate my I hate my stepmother. She's a cuntophobia. Uh 
hierotophobia. Okay. Uh, uh, how about fear of eggnog? Ooh, I, didn't, I didn't think that one needed one. Nogophobia. Nogophobia. Nogophobia, I guess. Nog. Oh, here's an interesting one. Fear Is of it? fear of beards. Okay. Pognophobia. 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 I feel like a lot of women might even have that. Okay, if you fuck this one up, you're fired from the show. Okay. Fear of Santa Claus. Um, Santaphobia. Yeah! Nice job! Yay, I got it. <laughs> okay. Fear of relatives. Relativophobia. No, it's alcoholism. Syngesiophobia. And then here's a good one. Okay. Uh, fear of reindeer. Rudolph's a piece of shit phobia. Tarandophobia. Tarandophobia. Yeah. Tarandophobia. 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 So psychologists note that there's a form of anxiety, which they simply call gift giving anxiety. Okay. Which is very real because I know people that have this. It's usually a problem during the holidays. Uh, it's a form of social anxiety where the individual feels a level of anxiety based on the need for approval and that the fear of being negatively judged, meaning right. the recipient doesn't like the gift, gift or it's not expensive enough right. or they already have the item. That's the one that gets people. Yep. They're like, I don't want well, all my aunts and uncles have that then. Okay. Um, uh, and then there's another fear, particularly among naughty children, Ooh. is the, the, the because they they hear the story all yeah, the, the time. Cold. Yeah, the the elf on the shelf, right? Krampus. Yeah, they fear that they're not going to get yeah what uh, they a want. good a good Christmas, and they're actually going to get cold. So that's yeah. a real phobia. Yes. Uh, which, which I mean, that's just crazy. Um, so there's your phobias for Christmas. Interesting. Um, Thank you for those. Of course. So again, let's get back to Jeremy. I think I've painted the picture that he's pretty insane. Okay. I mean, in my mind, this is the kind of guy that goes to the karaoke joint and he's like, uh, I'll be doing silent night tonight. Oh God. So you know what I mean? Singing like, uh, seriously. Yeah. Silent <laughs> night. Or, but he's got like, he's the kind of guy that has the Christmas songs on his ringtone on his uh, cell phone. All year round. Of course. He's the kind of guy that finds that what are those stores with it's Christmas all year round? Yeah. And walks in and just gets a boner and just right. has a disaster in his pants. A disaster. Yes. Yes. He's the type of guy that's going to get the bumper sticker that says, I break for reindeer. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it probably doesn't exist. So he's going to have yeah. it made. Yeah. Okay. It's got a little reindeer head on it. By the way, this is interesting through my research. Did you know that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the song, was yeah. created by the company Montgomery Ward? Wow. No. What yeah. else did Montgomery Ward do, though? Montgomery Ward was... They the, were just a store? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd always get the Christmas catalogs when we were kids. Yes, that's what it was, the mm -hmm. Christmas catalog. And then you'd be able to pick out like all the toys you wanted. Well, they created the song Rudolph That's the right. Red Ears Reindeer, and it was in the 50s, I want to say. Wow. Just so they could sell more Christmas toys. Huh, pretty good. Yeah, it's like people being destroyed when they realized that Valentine's Day was a holiday set up by De Beers like... Corporation to oh, sell yeah. diamonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe that's why they created engagement rings. I can't remember. Well, yeah, De Beers, though, they, have, they own like the, the, the vault of, uh, apparently, they kept like a vault of diamonds so that it could keep the price of diamonds. Uh, diamonds in very high right yeah. right supply and demand buddy economics right. 101 all right so we're gonna fade back in to northern idaho now do you know northern idaho very well i mean not like besides i know the fact that where it's it is on a map yeah okay so most of the population in idaho like because yeah, i grew up there i'm from oh, Boise. Okay. idaho's like this 
there's the northern part and there's the southern part. Okay. Right. It's like the Civil War. Sure. All right. So I live. The I grew northern up in part Boise. is just like that big little point. Correct. Uh-huh. Correct. It's the little narrow point that yeah. touches Canada. Sure. So, you know, Idaho's gotten a lot of negative press over the years because of the lunatics up there, like the Aryan Nations. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the remember the Amon Bundy standoff? Oh know? gosh, yeah. Those guys, the three percenters. We, we're going we're to talk about them later, by the way. But they're up there. Um, anyway, it's the most beautiful. I wouldn't say it's the most beautiful part of Idaho. It's gorgeous, though. Right. But um, you know, Boise is is the southern part where it's the tip of desert versus the north, which is where it gets very you know forestry, beautiful, whatever. But I was surprised to learn that this part of Idaho is like the third largest by population, the Coeur d'Alene oh. area. And I didn't know that. Mm. So it, it's like, you know, the southern part, you know, Boise, and then you have the west, uh, eastern part, which is Idaho Falls. And then, you know, it's all mountains in the middle. Yeah. And then you get to the top and you got the University of Idaho. And then you've got Hayden and um, Coeur d'Alene, which is where all these people are at. Okay. But it has a reputation for being extremely conservative got it it's just you know where we're heading into so we we get back to a winter day in 2014 now we are inside jeremy's house and he's waking up his child wearing a life-size rudolph the reindeer costume love it yes and you know his wife's like daddy's daddy's rudolph you want to give him a hug and my immediate thought is these kids are fucked for life. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're not they're not coming out of this war without yeah. some some PTSD. Some, some scars, yeah. So this is when Jeremy drops it all on the table. He says, I love Christmas. Oh yeah. More than life itself. Uh. <laughs> some people call me Clark Griswold. Yeah. Accurate. <laughs> some people call me the Christmas lawyer. Definitely. Is that what he does? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh shit. And some people call me Mr. Christmas. Well, we see him in action on his roof, and he's in bullshitting. The rest of the people call me crazy. <laughs> it's pretty, I mean, yeah, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. I love Christmas more than life itself. Sure. Keep in mind, his it's wife's- hyperbolic. It's not. Okay, no, it's, it's real. Not it's it's real. Okay. And I, and of course, you would think it was hyperbolic, but as you'll learn through the story, it's real. Okay. Um, he's he's going to go through a lot of tests. Sure. You know, proving that he, this is how much he loves Christmas. So back to he's outside and he's in action putting lights on the roof. And you've seen, of course, the classic um, Chevy Chase's Christmas Vacation, of right? Of course, yeah. It's like that, dude. He's got the staple gun. He's doing like every six inches apart. And he's like, well, we've got most of the Christmas lights up every six inches apart. You know, and then he says, Clark Griswold. An American classic. Oh, yeah. He's a little bit of a hero of mine. Oh, boy. And he said, that's the decorating style I had in mind just to cover my entire house. Sure. (laughs) That's the style. Yeah. So (laughs) when he's recording himself on the roof, he actually pulls a Griswold and starts falling. Oh, shit. And you're like, is this staged? (laughs) So he almost falls off the roof. Oh, shit. So Christy says in the fall of 2014, Jeremy started decorating the house. And she says, you know, there were kids on bikes. Their jaws were dropping. We're watching Jeremy on the roof in October putting up Christmas lights. Now, if you start anything in October that's That's, fucking Christmas related. Okay. This is the time where family members need to pull an intervention. Okay. Well, I agree. The only exception is, like, for example, my neighbor, (coughs) they have been doing Halloween big time every year for as 
long as I've been a child. Right. And uh, they do this year. They did the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. So they kept the Nightmare Before Christmas and then it transitioned into Christmas stuff. That's fine because they okay. have a plan. They're transitioning. Yeah. Okay. This guy's. It is, it is. Yeah. This guy's. But yeah, doing Christmas stuff in in October. How the plan- hell do you do set up Christmas so in you, October? You, you're pl- by the way planning it. By the way, is crazy. Yeah, yeah, but, but a month is, earlier. Yeah, if you're doing, it's not a month, man. It's October. So you're putting your Christmas shit up. Yeah. What happens when people come by for Halloween? They're like, so he's actually putting the stuff up already yes, in October. October. Oh, shit. Okay. So that's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, he says, at the same time that I'm beginning this, what he calls operation, I found my robot cotton candy machine, <laughs> Roby the robot. Okay. But it hadn't worked in years. So he says, so after tinkering, I made the robot come back to life. Wow. And they show the robot. It's about four feet tall. It's yellow. It's got big red eyes and a blue nose. Now, notice he says Roby the robot. Not to be confused with Robbie the robot. Okay. Who was a very popular science fiction character. Okay. Who, who was originally in the 50s in Forbidden Planet. Uh, did a bunch of other sci-fi films. I think it's been Robbie the robot has been called the hardest working robot in Hollywood. Interesting. Kind of famous. <laughs> anyway, his grandpa gave it to him. He says, This is um, the one thing I had from him after he passed away. And he says, You know, my grandfather was in silent movies at the very, very start of Hollywood. And he would tell stories about climbing up the sides of buildings in movies like The Fly Cop. And he said, So that part of it stuck with me. And I'm that showman now. Yeah. So Chrissy's like, people drive around, they look at Christmas lights. So, you know, let's bring this guy out and we'll have them hand them cotton candy in their cars and we'll give them hot chocolate. Chrissy's talking about his idea with Robbie the Robbie the robot. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, Christmas robots, not really the best combination you could think of. It's kind of like I found this cool robot. We're just yeah. going to incorporate it and it's going to serve cotton candy. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like from his childhood, he used, he had one that during, you know, they busted out during the holidays or something. Yeah. So nostalgic. It, it, what happens is this. Or he had cotton candy when he was a kid. Christy says, why don't we contact a charity? And maybe you could just have a box out there and people could just put money in it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Jeremy sets up a page on Facebook promoting his. I don't even know what to call it. Presentation program. Sure. And he says six days later, he pulled up his phone and there were 917 families that showed up. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, so let's run some quick math. Sure. Let's say it's four person to a family. That's 3,600 people that are going to be suddenly coming to your house. Right. Christy says, no, 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 no. Shut this down. We can't accommodate this. How are we going to do this? Yeah. Well, Jeremy says, my first thought was we need to make it bigger. And he goes, and that's when I remembered that I knew I, a lady who had a camel. <laughs> what? Oh, for don't tell me this is for the uh, for the what do they call it? The, um, who knows a lady with a camel for any reason? No, but for the um, damn it, nativity scene. Na- yes, yes, the nativity scene. Yes, was there was there a camel? In the I think nativity? so. There okay. is right. Isn't there a camel like on its I knees? Know. I don't know. So he just Christy says ideas just kept coming in. He doesn't know when to stop. So we then we finally see his house at night. And he flips the switch, and it looks like it's on fire. Okay, there's a huge cross on the lawn. What the as fuck? Well. Oh no! You didn't see where this is going. Yeah. You didn't yeah, think yeah, he yeah. was an inv- evangelical okay. Christian yet. You yeah. didn't put this together. Well, no, I mean, okay, yeah. <clears throat> He's got the nativity scene. Yeah. No camel. Yeah. 
but he's got the three wise men and people are just lined up around the block to see the place. And he says, yeah, we had, we had uh, Christmas lights, hot chocolate, cotton candy, Santa Claus. I was wrong. The camel and a 35 person choir, 35 people singing. So, there's a lot of people dude. Yeah. Just for like some BS. Yeah. Yeah. He's so just, like, for how, how many days do they do this for? I, it's, it's great that you ask. He actually has a sign that he makes up and puts at the end of the block so everybody can see it. And it's okay. his Christmas lighthouse, 6 to 8 p.m., December 15th through December 22nd. Wow. Seven days. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're obsessed with Christmas. 6 to 8. 6 to 8 p.m. Two hours a day. Yeah. 30-something people. Yeah. My point is, can you imagine doing that for a week? Well, yeah, I can. I can't. I hear one joy to the world. Uh, I'm good for a year. I can't, but I mean, I can imagine. Well, they show pictures of the actual event for 2014. Yeah. It's a madhouse. (laughs) Okay. Roby the robots. You got to figure out how to make money on this, dude. Well, we'll get there. Okay. Maybe. Maybe that's what (laughs) this whole thing is. Oh, wow. That's kind of what my angle is. Maybe why he's doing this. Sure. Um, Roby the robots working overtime, whipping up cotton candy, bro. You know? Chrissy says there were so many people, uh, but she says each night it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, it's not just cars. Buses of people are showing up to this house. Yeah. And he says, yeah. we just had this line of cars that went on for miles and miles and miles. When I looked at the crowd, there's just one feeling. It was a sense of purpose. <laughs> yeah. All right. And I realized this is my ministry. Right. Okay. You heard the word ministry? I did. Yes. I know. It gets kooky. Yeah, and it's she the Christie's out there with the bullhorn. There's so many people out oh, there. Oh boy. You know? So Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. So, you know, she's saying, Thank you for coming. Please support the local charity. This is for families with children that have cancer. You know, like which is admirable that it's going to a good cause. The place is popping. Okay. So Jeremy says for all eight days of the Christmas show, he was getting phone calls from the city. People are saying, you're in trouble, buddy. Oh, no. You didn't get a permit. Oh. And Jeremy says, so when the Berlin Wall was falling down, it was like, guys, get off the wall. You're tearing it down. You, you have no to have a comparison. Per- <laughs> That's literally what I was thinking. It's like, um, we're talking. Communism. Uh, communism yeah. versus uh, you're being an asshole. Yes, yes. So anyway, uh, he says, it, did they ask them for a permit? And he says, <laughs> he says, no, because this is not an event. This is a miracle. Right. You yes. don't get permits for, for miracles. miracles. I agree, dude. <laughs> so maybe it is a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just didn't give it enough time. So Jeremy says, two days after Christmas, Christy wakes him up and says, we got to get a bigger house. And Christy was like, we can do this uh, even bigger next year. Yeah. So that same day, they go out house hunting. Wow. They find. So what is this now? What? Like two days after Christmas. Fuck me, dude. Yeah. They want this. Yeah. This is. They're planning already. Buddy, it's fucking miracle time. Yeah. I don't know if you're listening. I mean, I'm listening. Ministry. Yes. Miracles. We're getting into cult territory. I got it. Yep. So they go out shopping and they uh, stumble into a neighborhood called West Hayden Estates. And they meet the neighbors. It's very peaceful. It's quiet. It's gorgeous, by the way. And we get to meet some of these neighbors. So um, first up is Ron. He's like an ex-cop. Very chill, very laid back. And he's like, you know, being in law enforcement, I wanted a nice, you know, 
after I retired, quiet area. And he's like, it's a hidden gem. We meet Kim, who I call Hot, hot Pants Yoga Mom. All right. I like it. She's doing her yoga. You know, she's downward facing dog in it. And she says it's a small neighborhood. It's very peaceful. You know, you just get to relax and live a quiet life. Now we're going to meet Jennifer. She's going to be very important to the story. She says she fell in love with the neighborhood as soon as she found it. Um, she says she loves the trees, the people. She's got a neighborhood dad named Larry. Huh. Uh, Larry, Not a real dad, just a neighborhood, neighborhood dad. dad. Larry okay. says my wife and I sit on the porch, uh, and every everybody just stops and chats. It's oh, pretty friendly. Very nice. Uh, we meet Julie and Jim. Julie's the the local blue haired lady. Literally has blue hair. Cool. Um, she says the dogs tie the neighborhood together. Okay. Everybody's got a dog, and they walk, and you just stop and visit. Yeah. You know, people care about each other. It's almost like a family. And then Kim says, a couple of ladies, we we formed up a neighborhood bunko group. Ooh. Yeah. They roll the dice and switch Fun. tables and you win prizes. Julie says you went up to 60 bucks. Wow. Now, here's the thing. What? I play a lot of games. Sure. I never heard of bunko before. I've heard of it before. Yeah. So, like, you ever hear the bunko squad? Yep. That was people that would crack down on illegal dice games. The that birds. was the actual thing. Yeah. Cracking down on the neighborhood yep. for holding illegal dice games. <laughs> so um, I did do a little research on the uh, American World Bunko Association. Okay, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, the, w- the AWB? It's actually just the WBA. Okay, WBA. Um, in twenty six or 2006, um, they had over 59 million women, women that have played Bunko and over 27 million play regularly. So um, it got a resurgence, I guess, in the early 2000s. Oh, I, but know it's been a, I know what I'm learning next year. It's been around since like the Civil War, though. Yeah. So anyway, um, so Jeremy says we drive into West Hayden this days, and he says it's beautiful. It had these amazing tall trees, and it is. I mean, these trees are like these big pines that just go yeah. up and up. He says the, perf- the helms are perfect. The lawns are manicured. Christy says it was very pretty, very quiet. It just had the sense of this is where you raise a family. Sure. You know, it's a beautiful community. This looks great. And we should go in there and fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what kind of what it's feeling like. Yeah. Well, that's what, you know, that's what's going to pretty much happens. Yeah. Jeremy says, I saw the house. It was a big, beautiful, light blue house. And it was the dream house. You know, I'm probably going to need an extra 200,000 lights. Sure. <laughs> I'm putting words in his mouth there. Right. But you can see where he's going. So the owners of the house, the, they're selling it. They go, we're selling our house, and they wanted to look around, and Jeremy started asking odd questions that they weren't expecting. He was asking, like, how many people have you had here before? What? <laughs> what? Well, random. Yeah. And uh, he was like, well, you know, we had 100 for the Super Bowl. And he goes, his eyes just lit up when he wow. said that. Yeah. Jeremy was like, it was a long driveway. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yes. Think of all the people we could fit on that oh driveway. Yeah, the driveway. <laughs> Larry says, he's asking questions like, what are your easements like? You know, what goes on in the back behind your house? Oh, boy. All these weird questions. Well, Jeremy says it's only blocks from the city limits, which is perfect. Right. You know, tons of people will come. At the same time, the city can't shut us down. Yeah. Larry says he's a strong-willed guy, this Jeremy, and... Once it, uh, we figured out he was a lawyer, it was like, okay, that's why. Yeah. So Jeremy loves it and thinks it's perfect for the, the new, you know, Christmas show. Sure. So Christy falls in love with it. She says, this is a beautiful house to decorate, and we're going to live here for years. This was meant for us. Christy said, this is Jeremy speaking, I think I want this house. And I said, you know, I want this house. Let's make an offer. 
And Christy's like, well, this is what I want to do. I want to go make cookies and give them out to the neighbors. Nice and, of her. Yeah. Jeremy says, no, 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 you don't do that. The neighbors will make us cookies. Oh. <laughs> she goes, no, no. I like want to go do this. Yeah. I want to meet the neighbors and I want to make cookies for them. She explains that she grew up on the outskirts of town, you know, didn't have neighbors. So she's, she never had these close relationships. And it's something that she's really looking forward to. So, you know, um, she's neighbors are important, you know, in case something or you just keep an eye. It's like a family. Yeah. You know, because she probably needs a family. Of course. Because she's married to this fucking weird, weirdo. Weirdo. Yeah. So Jeremy finds she's out. Starting to learn Morris code. Yeah. To blink Mor- it. J- Jeremy Morris code. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so Jeremy says that the realtor informed them it was in a homeowners association. Okay. So. Every HOA has something called CCNRs. You ever hear of them? No. Clear, Korean's Clearwater Revival. Oh, yeah, the band, yes. <laughs> so uh, basically, they're known as covenants and restrictions, and they, oh. of course, limit what you can do on sure. the property. So um, Ron, you know, local copy, says the CCNRs are probably the size of a phone book. You know, Larry says people don't even read them. You know, but it 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 says things like how many animals you're allowed to have right. in your house. Um, so he's gonna start going through it and start going and trying to make deals. Like we need to start removing some of these <laughs> some of these uh, homeowners. It might be a little bit more sinister than oh, that. Oh boy! So you know, this is funny. Christy comes on the screen and she goes, "They have all these rules saying, like you know, you know, mm, I'm trying to remember." <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Chris, who's selling the house, he says a lot of people see them as sort of like mini governments, but they don't have a choice. You know, if you want to buy a home that's in an HOA, then that's the expectation. You follow the rules. Right. Well, Jeremy reviews it. Okay. He has two of his lawyer friends review it. Oh, Jesus. And he concludes that there is no rule that they would be violating if we went ahead with our program. I love it. Calling it a program. Yeah. And he says, I just wanted to run this by the president of the HOA and just say, hey, look, you know, we're not asking you for permission to do the show, but we wanted to get them involved. So let him him know. Yeah. But he's basically saying, just, you know, it's coming. Yeah. So next we meet Jennifer, who I, I mentioned briefly. Well, she's president of the HOA at the time. Okay. And she's a great, she's a stay-at-home mom. Sure. She got her kids. She's like, somebody nominated me for it. I didn't think much of it. You know, I didn't oh, want God. the job. Little did she know. Yes. She's like, I didn't really want the job. She's like, I'm busy. I got my kids, homework, dinner. But she says, I got a phone call from Mr. Morris. And he said he was purchasing a home in our subdivision. And he wanted to talk about this Christmas show that he'd been doing. She's like, you seem nice. Yeah. And I thought the whole idea was exciting and cool. You know, and as a parent, I would wanted to drive by. Sure. So Jeremy says, Christmas lights are infectious. You know, you put one up in a neighborhood and pretty soon other people start putting them up in the neighborhood. I remember when I was a child, my dad teaching me how to put up Christmas lights. Gosh, I must have been four. In a couple of years, I was putting lights all over our house. And ultimately, my father fell off the ladder and <laughs> killed himself. He says, and ultimately, I should have been holding the ladder. <laughs> he's got, I should have been. Sorry, God. He's got PTSD from not holding the ladder yeah, with his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, well, ultimately, it became Jeremy's Christmas show. <laughs> so we see vintage home movies of Jeremy. Sure. It's like from the 90s, and he's like 10 years old. Now, we meet his dad, Dex. 
who ha- just happens to look like the cop from the village people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, or he looks like he did a, a, a cameo in cruising with Al Pacino. Okay. 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 And he says, Hoo-ha. Who are these lights? <laughs> Jeremy. He says, Jeremy loved Christmas lights. And he wanted to do things that were out of the ordinary. And he said, we had this huge tree. It's probably 50 or 70 feet. Jesus. And even though it was pitch oh, black. Outside. Yeah. But it, it was pitch black at night, dark and raining. He'd be stringing up the lights out there. Oh. You know, Pam's like, that's his mom, says, I have a lot of gray hair. And most of them are because of him. <laughs> but she says, Jeremy's got a good heart. Yeah. He wants people to say. have joy. Yeah. And that's why he has this little Christmas event. So Ron says, the first time he heard the name Jeremy, Jennifer had called him up. And Ron had been vice president of the board. And she said that, you know, she received a call of people wanting to know that if he were to buy the property, could he do the Christmas program? So she had said, you know, let's have a meeting and we'll have a decision on that. Um, So Jennifer says when she got to the meeting, she let everybody know that, you know, Jeremy was requesting this. And some people got on their phones and they found the Facebook page from the year before. Oh, boy. And they saw the crowds. They saw the noise. They probably saw the camel shit. Yeah. (laughs) They were like, fuck this. Yep. So, you know, they said that they saw there were around 5,000 people that went to this thing. And of course, wow. over the course of seven days. Yeah. Wow. And of course that there were going to be many CCNRs that were going to be violated. Yeah. So Jennifer said, this was our first red flag. She's like, it might be too small of a neighborhood. And then she said, she called Jeremy and said, people have some concerns. And she says, he immediately got upset with them. He said, I'm not asking for your permission. Uh-oh. You're telling me whether or not I can do this. I'm doing it regardless. And I'm a lawyer, so I can do that if I want. Yeah. So she's, you know, clearly in over her head. Sure. So she goes back to the vice elders. Yes. Or whatever the fuck they're called. Yes. Larry, the ex-HOA president. And Larry gets Elder. Larry Elder. So Larry helps them co- construct a letter. And he's putting in the CCNRs. He's like citing them by their codes. And, you know, he said, I typed some things in there. And he said, my sarcasm came out. Okay. So Larry's, (laughs) (laughs) who who knows what that could have construed when it comes to Christmas light boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ron says, okay. Bunch uh, of fucking faggy ass lights. (laughs) Fucking, fucking. Okay, I get the point. Yeah. Yeah. Ron says, you know, I had to put some things that shouldn't be in there. I had to take some things out. But he's like, I knew Larry's sense of humor, and it was poking fun. So <laughs> I already know where this is going. So yeah. he sent it back to Larry, and he says, I don't think this should be in the letter. And Jennifer says, well, wording about an atheist, I think that was in there. And Larry says, the comment about atheists should be changed to non-Christian. Oh. So I actually saw the letter, and it says some of our, our residents are non-Christian. Well, that's accurate. Yes. But half of them are also Christian. Okay. So anyway, the letter's going back and forth. She's getting calls from Jeremy. He's making it super time sensitive, and he keeps saying, I'm a lawyer. Yeah. Did you not re- forget that I'm a lawyer? Yeah. The Christmas, crazy Christmas light guy is yeah. a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. So Ron says he gets the letter back, and he says there was something I should thought should be taken care of, but Jennifer had already sent it out. So in the midst of not being complete, 
letter goes out certified. Now, Ron says, to use an old cop's term, how do you put the fart back in after it's come out? <laughs> it's a great one. Yeah, Can I use toothpaste? <laughs> well, obviously, this guy's never farted into a mason jar. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And sold it on the internet. No, you just put surgical tubing in yeah. the, the top of the jar. Sure. And if, if you want it back in your asshole, I'm saying it's not impossible. Okay, right. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so, Good point. Right. So you've never farted in a jar before? Not, not try to put it back into my asshole. But you but if you you've obviously farted into I mean, a jar. That's a jar, but like other uh canisters. Right. And then you put it on a shelf and yeah. then a year later you open <laughs> never it up. Done that. Just you've like, never done that? Not like put it away. I've done like a quick boom boom. Okay. If you're listening to us now. Okay. <laughs> fart in a jar. When we get to episode one hundred. <laughs> you're way ahead of me. Yeah. Fart in a jar. This is episode twenty one. Yeah. We're going to check in with you on episode 120 and you're going to open up that jar and you're going to be surprised that your fart is still in that jar. It's going to ferment. That's basically a two-year fart jar. Yeah. We are employing our listeners. Two-year fart jar. New band name, I call it. <laughs> New episode title, the two-year fart jar. Come back. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, just a few weeks before Jeremy's scheduled to move in, he goes to the mailbox and he receives the certified letter. He says, it was horrible. <laughs> okay. And the letter began with, they don't want to entangle us in expensive litigation. And then it walked through three different things that they claimed that we would be violating, which were immediately ludicrous. Right. They go on to talk about undesirables <laughs> coming into the neighbors. Who are the undesirables? People coming to the neighborhood? To look at Christmas lights? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> and then it said, and I'll quote, and finally, I'm hesitant to bring up the fact that some of our residents are non-Christians or people of another faith. Oh. And we don't even want to think of the problems that would bring up. I was aghast. <laughs> Christy says, I had this rush of emotion. This can't be real. Why are they saying the things they're saying? You're an HOA board. I think you're supposed to worry about the trash cans in the street, not what religion I am. Yeah. Well, Jeremy says, that letter we received was the biggest red flag. This was a case of religious discrimination. Uh oh. They don't want your faith expressed anywhere, and we need to fight back. I went to my Bible study run by Don Bradway. Okay. <laughs> Name drop. By the way, <laughs> I have this theory. Here's the thing. I don't mind people that do Bible study. Sure. And like, you know, that's your thing. It's great. Yeah. But the people that scare me the most are the people that refer to the Bible as the scriptures. Okay, yeah. Okay, do you know what I mean? Sure. Because they're not casual readers. Right. They're referring to it as the scriptures. Right. Uh, so whenever you hear the word scriptures, okay. get out of the conversation. Especially when that person is also a lawyer. Yes. Okay. So Don says, well, I met Jeremy through patriotic events. Uh, I liked him. I liked his passion for what he believes in. Uh, he could be a bit frustrating because of that passion. It's those fucking <laughs> lights and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about fucking Christmas all the time. <laughs> Talking about fucking Thinking Santa's still real. I don't care if you're using a quarter inch, <laughs> half inch, three millimeter lights. What's I don't that, give a fuck. What's that from? Is that Don? No, no, I just made it oh, up. That's just Don Bradway. Yeah. But he says, I like Jeremy. He's got passion. He ain't vanilla. Huh. No milk, no milk toast. He says Idaho, we call it free America. <laughs> Sounds like Red Dawn, by the way. Yeah, Remember yeah. that? Yeah. When there was the free part of yeah, America. Yeah. 
He says, we like the fact that there's not a lot of overbearing government here. We want our guns. We want our freedom. And we want the freedom to worship where we want to. And that's what we've got here. If you want your faggy little lights, <laughs> you put your fucking faggy little lights and wherever we'll you want. You. And we'll protect you because that's your right. If you now, want to go on the ice and skate around like a fairy. <laughs> and possibly fall through, <laughs> that's your right. Yes. Well, keep in mind, while he's doing this whole monologue, he's making his own bullets. Hell yeah, dude. He's showing them. So you know, not, like yeah. pouring in the thing, the metal and yeah. then like cutting them out. So he's a little bit of a prepper or maybe sure. he just wants to save money on ammo. I don't know. God love People him. People have fun with guns. So Don says, Jeremy told, told him a situation. He says, I was outraged. You talk about being triggered. That's the kind of thing that makes people uh, pretty well crazy. They're all people who get elected to HOA boards because they want to rule. Yeah. There's a term called badge heavy. They got this badge. Yep. And it weighs heavily yep. on their chest. This guy's base as fuck. <laughs> That's why it's called badge heavy. heavy. <laughs> is that what he was yeah, saying? Yeah, it's not a little light badge. <laughs> yeah. It's not plastic toy badge. No, it's a big metal badge. It's badge heavy. Yeah, big heavy metal And they're going to use it. That's goddamn right. Yeah, or maybe they don't want fucking 5,000 people in their neighborhood. Yeah, I get because it. Because they got a psycho. I get it. So Jeremy says, Don Bradway used the words, crush them in the dirt. This is absolutely wrong, Don says. Crush the HOA. <laughs> Stomp them. So, I wonder how this guy feels about unions. Yeah, probably uh, probably not a good idea in his mind. Sure. Um, so we also learn that Jeremy has a proclivity for uh, recording all of his phone conversations. Oh. <laughs> yep. So he called up Jennifer. Well, he is a lawyer. Yes. Called up Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer, it's Jeremy. Uh, what did the HOA say about the letter? Uh, about the letter? Did you tell them it was discriminatory? Did you say that the, it was discriminatory language? She says, yeah, yeah, I did. Because people get away with this stuff with Christians all the time. Now, she says, I had no idea he was doing the conver or the recordings. Yeah. And she's, Jeremy, he's getting heated here. He says, you guys violated the law. And when I say lawyers, I mean lawyers. Yeah. They don't mess around. So they're right now ready to go. So Jennifer says he's got this whole team. They're going to destroy the HOA and her. She's terrified. She says our elderly neighbors can't afford to get sued. So Jeremy says, I wanted to come to this neighborhood. And this is what happened to me. He says, this is a 40 to 60K situation. Oh, God. And one you'll lose. But that doesn't have to happen. Here's what I'm going to demand. I'm going to tell you this. These are not negotiable terms. But this is it. It's like a one-time offer thing. There's something called de-annexation. Basically, I would leave the HOA completely. Basically, what happens is forever, that house is no longer part of the HOA. My second option is I have a contract with you guys that no bylaws are ever changed as long as I live there. Keep in mind, he's not even fucking moved in yet. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay? But it's not in the law. And he goes, so those are my terms. Let me know. Bye. 
Yeah, <laughs> what a fucking queen. So he's getting. You think? Yeah. You think there might be something underneath the surface yes, here? Yes. Yes. So Jennifer says he's calling multiple times a day. She says, "I hated answering the phone. He was harassing her." And Ron says he was clearly driving Jennifer crazy. She yeah. was going downhill. She withdrew from herself. She's got anxiety. Jennifer says, I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. And she goes, the last time he called, it was dinner time. Well, first of all, if you fucking call somebody at dinner time, yeah, you're a piece of shit. You're, you're just shit. Yeah. And he says, am I disturbing you? She says, well, yeah, no, I'm in the middle of making dinner, but I could talk a few minutes. Well, he proceeds to talk for like 30. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, if you don't meet our demands, you will be sued and it will be ugly. Now she's breaking down. Crying, yeah, yeah. What if, in, I imagine in the interview recalling this. Yeah, not just when it happened. I imagine she's still PTSD from this shit. Jeremy says, "Okay, okay, okay. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Don't get emotional. <laughs> I'm not against you guys. Okay, you don't need to cry about this anymore. I'm not coming after you. Okay. As <laughs> it sure as, sounds like you are. As long as you had nothing to do with the letter. So." She says, I'm getting emotional on the phone with him. I'm feeling the pressure of my family, my community. And her husband loses it. He says, get off the phone. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the phone away. And he takes the phone and says, you got to get off the phone. You know, he says, don't ever call my wife again. This is your last phone call. Get off the phone now. Go watch Elf or whatever the fuck you need to do to calm <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, stop <laughs> harassing her. Santa, Santa's here. Santa, I know him. Oh, I know him. I know him. So Jeremy says, if Miss Scott can't take the heat, then I say, get out of the kitchen. Oh. You're the president of the HOA. You have a responsibility. You know, you have to be ready to deal with the problem you created. He says, for three days, I texted and called and she wouldn't respond. Wow. So you have a 72 hour obligation <laughs> to respond to all. Enjoy. <laughs> so let's just move to March of 2015. Jeremy says, despite the fact that they had written things about our faith, we decided that we were going to move into the neighborhood, be kind and gracious and just put this all in the past. So Christy says, we close on the house and we show up and there's nothing. No, no cookies. No, no, no cookies. cookies. And of course, Jeremy's already said, you don't bake them cookies. Yeah, yeah. They're going to bring you cookies. Yeah, they're going to bring you cookies. She said, nobody comes to the house. So Kim, the hot yoga chick, she says, the possibility of the lawsuit intimidated me that I didn't want to go meet these guys. So Jim says, when I first met him, he says, I went to the mailbox one day. And he was out in front of the yard. And he said, Hey, do you want to come help with my Christmas show? Oh, boy. He said, no, not really. <laughs> and then right away he goes, I'm a lawyer. Oh, boy. We have 17 other lawyers from Virginia that say we can sue you guys. And he says, well, that's a real good effing way to Wait, that's, that's what friends. He's, that's what he's saying like, off the bat? Yes. What a crazy person. Yeah. And he was like, that was the last time I ever talked to him. He lives next door to him. <laughs> and it's really weird. Like it couldn't get all uh, any more awkward. You know those neighborhoods where there's like one set of mailboxes. Oh yeah, they're all, they have they're one all, of those. They're all right next to each other. God, I hate those fucking things. <clears throat> yeah. So Julie says I never spoke to him again. After you know, I never even met him. So 
Larry, former HOA guy, he said, I knew he, I'd been told he was an, an attorney. And he goes, well, I'm going to do some checking up. He calls the Idaho State Bar Association uh-huh. to check. And uh, before they could start looking, they're like, oh, yeah, we know who he is. Oh, <laughs> shit. Just by name. You know, he's stirred the uh, pot. The Christmas fucking guy. So Jeremy then takes us behind the scenes of his Christmas prepping. Sure. He says, all right, so this is my Christmas light tour. He's got pounds and just piles of lights in every room in his house. Wow. He says, it's a lot of lights. Yes. Crazy. <laughs> so Crazy. Julie starts stalking him on Facebook. She finds out that he's been involved with some pseudo-political action groups. And <laughs> yeah. And she's here's the thing. Elves. <laughs> Elves for change, <laughs> like uh, elf unions and uh, Republicans Caddy. for rain, uh, Rudolph, yeah. Rudolph for Republicans. Yeah. So anyway, she's got a bonus window outside of her room so she can kind of see what's going on at okay. his place. And uh, bonus window. Yeah. She says, I noticed he started putting up the lights in September. Oh, boy. Yeah. <clears throat> if you thought October was bad. Yeah. I mean, come on. You're skipping Halloween and Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's not cool. It's not. So. Then we see Jeremy in like vintage film that he took of himself. He puts on like a harness like rock climbers use okay. to do the fucking wow, house. Hell yeah. Do you know this what I mean? Committed. I like it. Yeah, because he wants everything just like perfect. All right, wife, I need the carabiners. Uh, can you give me my chalk bag? Yes. I'll, yeah. be on the, I'll be on the roof. You're mapping it out. Like your route? Yeah. Oh, he's he's got detailed plan <laughs> mapping out the climbing route. My pitch. <laughs> yeah. We call that the uh, the, uh, crux, the biscuit and the, the crux and biscuit. So anyway, he goes, this is some serious lightage. It's going to look good. Yeah. So Ron says, everybody knows what's going on, you know. Uh, so then they decide we got to go see our own attorney. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Jeremy says on the 27th of October, I received a letter and it was almost as shocking as the first letter. Another HOA, lawyer? HOA had sent me. It was just one more thing to drive our family out of the community. Now he's reading here. It says, It is in our determination that your planned event is not permitted within West Hayden Estates. Dolly the camel is not an ordinary house pet. (laughs) Dolly is too an ordinary house pet. In addition, your event will be offensive. She barely drinks any water. (laughs) Your event will be offensive to the senses. Oh, gosh. So um, this letter threat uh, the, the this letter threatened litigation against our family if we did not remove the lights within ten days. Wow! So I took a closer look uh-huh. at the letter. Um, these guys were good, so they cited specific county ordinances. Um, they also noted this. They said, although you plan to run a shuttle to your event from the parking lots at Candlelight Church and Anthem Friends Church. Uh-huh. Uh, you have no way to prevent people from simply just driving to the neighborhood anyway yeah. and parking. Your plans are not viable or realistic. Wow. Anthem Friends Church has not approved the use of its parking lots yeah. as a staging area for your event. Yet. It's fair to assume that people will forgo the shuttle and use their own vehicles. Yeah. Your planned event will unlawfully obstruct the free passage and use of the streets and driveways within West Hayden States. Then, of course, they also cite uh, noise nuisance clauses, lighting, 
and animal restrictions. Right. Camel yeah. shit, Camel, dolly. Camel, yeah. of course. Your plant event will be a nuisance to the entire neighborhood and will significantly interfere with the quiet enjoyment of other property owners. In addition, you have not requested or received approval from the Association for the Lights, Music, Exotic Animals, <laughs> and other live, evac- live acts that you plan to present. All this because it's during Hanukkah, I bet. Half the neighborhood's Christian. The yeah, other half doesn't give around. a fuck. They, yeah. they just want to chill out and not, you know, yeah. see tour buses. This is all This is all like a preemptive. It's simple, dude. If you want to do this, you don't buy a house in an HOA. It's that right. fucking yeah. simple. That was the first mistake. Yeah, that's the only mistake. So 10 days go by. She says they never called. They never knocked on the door. It was like just boom, attorney. And then they put us in this position of, well, now what do we do? So Jeremy says, I the think fo- he did enough of the calling. Yeah, exactly. See, I think that's the other thing. I don't think she's getting the full story from Jeremy. Yeah. So she says, Jeremy says, the following day, I was at my desk and I had war on the brain. <laughs> The battle lines lines had clearly been drawn. Yes. And I just felt surrounded, you know? And all of a sudden, it just clicked. Well, of course, I remembered the story about an American journal during World War II. General. He's in the Battle of the Bulge. The Americans are completely surrounded. Yeah, They're outnumbered by the Germans. There's no way out, it seemed. There's no way. Well, the American general received a letter from the German army telling them to surrender. Yeah. And he replied with just one word. So that's what I did. I leaned forward at my computer and I typed a single word. Christmas! (laughs) Nuts. (laughs) That's cool. Ron says, of course I knew what he was referring to. He said it was silly. He's a grown man. He's acting like a child. Yeah. Well, Jeremy says, um... It was my favorite thing I've ever done. <laughs> Honestly. And I'm thinking, including the three times you had sex with your wife? Yeah. That, that's not even up there to have your kids? Christy's always said to me, you know, people think you're crazy. And I like that. Yeah. I want people to think I'm crazy. Because if people <laughs> think I'm crazy, they don't, fuck they with don't me. know what I'm going to do next. They don't fuck with me. <laughs> so that's right where I want him to be. This guy's a mystery. Yeah. What's he going to do? You're not a mystery. You're a creep in a red sweater all the time. That's it. So here's the other thing. If you ever wrote down or said that on film, that writing the word nuts is the favorite thing you've ever done in your life, okay. I'm worried about you. Yeah. You got to get out of the house more. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to take you out on a bachelor right. party. Yeah. You know, just something. So Ron says he's bullying himself around the neighborhood and he's doing it all to himself. And Dex, remember Jeremy's dad, Dex? Yep. He says, I think this is all his childhood speaking. Okay. You know, when he was a kid, he was harassed. He was bullied. Kids picked on him. And Jeremy says, well, being an attorney was a way of combating bullying. They didn't like me when I was crocheting. They didn't like me in my sewing group. Mm -hmm. They didn't like my pink Reeboks. Anyway, he says, well, being an attorney was a way to gain power. Right. What my HOA did, they threw a rock. And that was the threat of a lawsuit. And what I did, I got a thermonuclear weapon oh and God. I blew it up in their face. <laughs> oh my God. And that thermonuclear weapon is called international media. Wow. So boom, guess what he does? He gets he gets, he gets all, all the groups. 
all this. over the news. MNBC, Fox, ABC, NBC, they start covering the war, this story. And of course it goes national, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's all been spun into freedom of religion because yeah, yeah, of this yeah. fuck up in the letter, right. which they apologize for. They, they were just saying some of us could be offended because we're not all Christians. Half yeah. of us are, half of us aren't. Yeah. So that's where he ran with this and took this. So, you know, he's on the news. He's like, we have freedom of association. We have freedom of religion. Jeremy says, there was a number of microphones and I described all of the things that the HOA had done to my family. Seeing, uh, you know, Julie, she's the, this girl's great, by the way. She rakes her lawn with uh, her blue hair and uh, oh. uh, tie-dyed uh, with a, a Christian cross on it. She's cool. cool and she hates him. Yeah. She's Christian and she hates him. She says, you know, I felt like, you know, this is just ridiculous. We were never discriminating based on his religion. I mean, sure. I'm Christian. So we then, don't want all those dumb other fucking Christians coming. Well, his Facebook starts blowing up. Oh. So people are sending in opinions left and right. These people are getting called anti-Christian. Uh, <laughs> members of the West Hayden Estates HOA voted most likely to see Satan. Oh, you God. did this to yourself. She reads another one. It says, I have to say, I'd be hard-pressed to buy a home in an HOA than having some egotistical butthooks telling me what I can and can't do with the property. Huh? Wait, what's a butthook? Uh, maybe buttocks, no? No, it's, she hooks? says butthooks. Okay. Sounds painful. She's pretty much stalking his Facebook page at this point. She admits to that. She says, I would see everything he was up to. Know your enemy, right? Right. Crybaby. Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. <laughs> Art of War. Yeah, yeah of war. Sun Tzu. Tzu. Crybaby, anti-Christian, snowflake liberals. I was really concerned <laughs> with his ability to manipulate public opinion and convince everybody that we were anti-Christian. Keep right. in mind, she runs around with a tie-dyed Jesus shirt herself. Yeah. She's a Christian. Yeah. So then he's Jeremy's on a, in another interview, and he says, there's Grinches. Oh. And there's Scrooges out there. And those scaly green creatures sometimes show their little heads at Christmas time. Oh, gosh. So, I'm starting to get a little uh, <laughs> dicey here. Ron says he's making out the neighborhood was atheists and Grinches. It's all bullshit. <laughs> so, you know, Jennifer says we put up lights around here. A lot of people do. Yeah. Well, Jeremy's husband, he says we love Christmas. We're believers. And we love to celebrate the birth of Christ. He's a pastor. Jeremy's husband. Jennifer's husband Gen is Gen also named Jeremy. Oh, okay, okay. But he's a pastor. Yeah. And he's like, this is crazy. So, you know, um, Jim, you know, he says, the president's husband is a pastor. Just about everybody in the subdivision are Christians, and we all go to church every Sunday. So that evaporates his claim of this being about religion. Right. So um, then we see another news report. Um, the West Hayden uh, HOA declines to be interviewed on camera. Sure. And, you know, Jeremy's or Jennifer's husband, Jeremy says he's waving the attorney card and nobody is willing to talk. Jeremy says, I sort of felt like the protector of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Who will do everything he can to save Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to become the guy who saved Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's turned into that already. Exactly. It's turned into either I get to do my decorations or Christmas over. It's for everybody. Yeah. I am the savior. I'm the Christmas savior. So um, Kim's husband says, you know, 
uh, that's the way he was trying to be portrayed. What's the word I'm looking for? Not a martyr. And Kim says, well, he compared himself to Moses. (laughs) So we meet this other um, reporter uh, named Sean Vestal. He writes about politics. um, And he says, you know, as the Jeremy Morris story entered the Fox News war on Christmas realm, quote, the war on Christmas, his interest ramped up. Yeah. Um, he said the war on Christmas was a con. Yeah. This was uh, a, there was a piece that he'd written in the Coeur d'Alene newspaper, or excuse me, it wasn't a piece he wrote, uh, but he was, there was a piece he was responding to in which Mr. Morris talked about his media strategy. Oh, and he said, as soon as he was in conflict with his neighbors, that phrase, the phrase, the fit that phase one of the media strategy was activated and he reached out to Fox news. <laughs> Of course, you got the reporters. Morris isn't backing down, saying he'll go to jail before a single light bulb is removed. (laughs) So Vestal says he just seemed to seek and want a lot of attention and be kind of a hero for his part of this cultural battle. Yeah. Turning Christmas into a kind of cultural war flashpoint. I just feel it's damaging to participate in these sort of made up narratives about what's happening in our culture. And so I reached out to Mr. Morris. I very clearly got the idea that he was threatening to sue me. Oh, God. And he was warning me to be careful and not to paint him in a false light. And I wrote the piece that I wrote, which I said basically viewed it as an attention-seeking ploy rather than persecution. Right. So back to the news reporter. The neighborhood squabble is getting much bigger than this area. Three percenters have showed up unannounced to Morris's home to offer him armed protection. Oh, boy. They show up. Um, they're in camera and, uh, they're like, you know, I'll have, I'll have security here immediately. Uh, Ron claims they're ultra right wingers. They came to protect him. We're protecting Christmas. No, from his atheist neighbors too. Right, right, right. So Jeremy says, this is a violation of my first amendment, right? Moreover, it's a violation of federal law. So Ron says they're running around here with their guns, you know, and if you don't know who the three percenters are, they're anti-government. They were involved in the Amon Bundy standoff years oh, ago. All right. So um, they're very far right. That's all you need to know. So, um, you know, the neighborhood, they're, Jim's on his, on his porch with his binoculars. And he says, I'll stand up. I'll protect my property. And he's drinking a beer, which yeah. kind of cracked me up. Yeah. And he's, those binoculars have only been used for bird watching. <laughs> so... Uh, Jeremy says, I think at this point, Christy was angry. You know, we have all the media all over our lawn. We're being threatened by a lawsuit. I'm ready to go to war with them. And a militia is showing up at my lawn. <laughs> More, I mean, if, she, if she's got any sense, she's probably pissed that he doesn't wear anything but red sweaters. Right, yeah, yeah. It's kind of creepy. So Christy says, the three percenters are on my property. I'm in a house with my daughter. And I hear this man screaming and shouting coming out of my driveway. Now, she has this filmed at night. Okay. And we see this like shaky camera footage of a disturbed man, and he's walking up to the Morris's house. And he's like, I'm here on a public street, calm. Well, for the record, he's not calm. Okay. And Christy's like, You're not calm. Uh, you're threatening. And he's like, I got every right to be on this street. And she's like, You're not calm. Man's like, I'm not on your property. And she's like, Sir, calm down. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care if I'm not calm. You are not calm. And Christy says, this was a neighbor 
that I never met before. His name was Larry Bird. Oh, <laughs> sick. He shoots, he scores. Yeah. So, by the way, <laughs> the documentary makes no mention of the <laughs> fact that the guy's name is Larry fucking Bird. Uh, what are they going to say? That's a little awkward, isn't it? I mean, it can't be something. How many that... Magic Johnsons do you know? Oh, okay, well, that's okay. different. Once in a while, you'll run into a Michael Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or a Tom Brady. Yeah. But there's no fucking Larry Birds. I get a lot of Tom Cruises. Yeah, you know, they're out there. Anyway, Larry Bird says, are you a lawyer too? You must have gone to the same shyster school. <laughs> and she's like, you just threatened me. And he's like, I didn't threaten you nothing. And then uh, quoting Larry Bird directly, he says, the three percenters can't protect you. I have guns. Other people in this neighborhood have guns. Larry Bird, you said we have other ways to take care of him. I may come over here and offer him a hug. That's how I'm going to take care of him. Hugs. And you just keep filming and taping. Typical shit. Yeah. You ought to leave now. Well, Jeremy says, I now have a credible, serious death threat. Yeah. He makes no I mention agree. of the hug threat, though. Yeah. From a neighbor directly across from my street. I'm not a person that's prone to violence, but I had to protect myself. <laughs> so I decided to get a gun. Ooh. Yeah. I got this cute one that fits in your purse. <laughs> the pink one? Yeah. So Don, remember Don from the Three Percenters? Yep. He says, this guy, well, he wants to kill Jeremy. So we're going to have a sit down with Jeremy. Oh, boy. So they're taking meetings in Jeremy's yeah. house. And he says, everybody, you know, he says, I carry a gun all the time, but we got to go into action mode here. We got to protect Jeremy. Jeremy says, we have the security meeting at our house, former police officers and other people that were skilled in providing security at big events. Three percenters out on the property. He's like, this area behind your house is wide open. Uh, yeah. You know, they're doing perimeter checks and yeah. shit. Don says, I don't think this is a wise idea, you know, and the other guys, you know, they also said the same thing. We don't know how much of a whack job this neighbor, Larry Bird, is. Getting shot. That's what they're worried about. Yeah. I mean, he's got skills behind the three-point yeah. arc. Maybe, yeah. maybe he's got skills with the scope. That's right. He's like, we got to be worried about collateral damage with you or worse. We've got to stop him from driving in. <laughs> you can't drive in your lane. Yeah. So... Christy says, I just wasn't comfortable. He is out there on the perimeter <laughs> and we cannot stop him. He's unguardable. Uh, so Christy, she says, I can't do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. She says, you know, I'm leaving. So, you know, she takes off. So Jeremy says, the show must go on. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, poor girl. And you know, of course, Jeremy goes big, but she goes to Virginia, takes her kids and just bails. Wow, so she just leaves. She can't handle it. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Jeremy says, I was alone in a house, and I didn't know if someone was going to do some harm to me. Oh, boy. So Christy's nervous. She's in Virginia. She's probably having the time of her life, yeah. to be honest. Uh, so we see Jeremy at night putting up lights. And... Jeremy's like, well, here we are on the roof. Yeah. Probably at night when I shouldn't be. So Kim, she says she's nervous about the whole thing and that it's become a conflict. And more importantly, they're worried about the hundreds of not thousands of people that are going to be coming in for the Christmas holiday program. So then we see Jeremy. He has a, like a big, massive, like uh, flatbed truck roll up. 
and it's got six Christmas trees on it. Wow. And they're just Jesus. being unloaded. So, you know, Jennifer says, we're worried. Who are these people? What if they have an agenda? And then we see Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy unloading the camel from the truck. Oh, and he goes, hi, Dolly. <laughs> Good to see you again, Dolly. <laughs> Uh, when you're on first name basis with a camel, camel yep. something's not right in yep. your life. Yep. You know, I brought you a spit platoon, a spittoon <laughs> this time. <laughs> so anyway, Jeremy says the news media had generated so much hype. So many people wanted to defy this HO and say, you know, screw you. I think one of the scariest things that was happening as the opening day was approaching, the fucker calls it opening day. Right. Okay. So opening night. <laughs> Do we have any uh opening day music? Oh, uh, we got this here. Let's go. <laughs> Good evening. Welcome to opening. <laughs> what is this? Opening night at uh, uh Studio 54? That's right. We need opening day at the Jeremy Morris Christmas Pageant 2015. Hayden Estates. HOA starring Dolly the Camel, 35 choir members, uh, and of course your favorite cotton candy robot, Robbie the Robot. Hey. All right, thanks for that. Boy, we make the most out of our sound effects. That's don't we? right. We did, we worked on that one. No, we didn't. No, we that's didn't. art. That was art. Anyway, so the Jeremy hasn't figured out how these people are going to get there. So then we meet a guy named Blaine who rents all the local buses. Nice. And he says, I got a frantic call from Jeremy. <laughs> I need he said, 25 shuttle buses. He said, I really need your help. We've got a Christmas show going on and we need transportation. And he's like, sure, I'll help. So they provided the buses, but Jeremy still doesn't have a Santa Claus. Oh, shit. Yep. Wow. So we meet Santa. Oh, Santa says... I kind of made up my mind that I was going to retire uh, the suit. <laughs> hang it up, huh? But then I got a call from Jeremy asking if I was available. He's trying to raise money for cancer, and I thought, well, I'll do it. When I got there, he turned those lights on, and it's nuts. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> it's beyond nuts. Santa says, you talk about a light up. Yeah. So there's a sign that even says free uh, hot chocolate and cotton candy yeah. with the lights. You nice. know what I mean? Blaine says there was tons of people there. Now, they show the crowds from the vintage camera, whoever shot it. Dex's dad says people were coming in from other states, other countries, wow. Canada, I would assume. Not too many other countries. I think people are going to fly in. Yeah. But who knows? You never know. Jeremy says the Mexico. whole point. Maybe. Possible. Yeah. The whole point of it was to have fun. And it was difficult when I'm trying to hide from the public that there's a security risk at the house. Oh, gosh. They love it, though. The carolers, Dolly the camel, everything that we yeah, just said, yeah. the cotton candy. They're having fun. Jeremy says we hired armed security, former police officers, current police officers. There was a lot of people there with guns. Right. You know, nothing goes better than guns and candy canes. We That's know right. that. I agree. So Kim says, I can't believe what I'm saying. She's like, I'm uncomfortable having this many people close to my door. Yeah. Kim's husband says, just the hum of the people when it's that large. You pair that with the buses continually going through the neighborhood. It's too much noise. And you do see the cars. They're parked everywhere. Sure. Just bumper to bumper. Right. Ron says he could barely get between two cars. Julie says it's millions of cars. Obviously okay. hyperbolic. Yeah, yeah. 
but then Jeremy, to prove his point, right. he goes out and takes pictures, and the street's empty. Oh, of course. Yeah. So Jim's like, well, yeah, he did that when everybody was gone. Obviously. Yeah. Jeremy's like, there's nothing. It's dead out here. Yeah. Well, Jeremy says they get a message from Christy. Christy says, we have a problem. Now, keep in mind, she's in Virginia. Yeah. And <laughs> she looks on Facebook, and apparently a gentleman wrote on Facebook that his mother, who was elderly, was treated so poorly by the neighbors that he wanted to do really, really, really bad things to the neighbors. Oh. And it took a lot for him not to. Well, I saw the message and said, fuck that stupid shit. The neighbors are bitches. I almost had to fuck up the next door neighbor for disrespecting my mother. <laughs> Wish the news would have caught that argument. Is that right. So Jeremy says, my neighbors came down the streets, came up to the property. They stood in the middle of the street and they harassed people. They hit cars. Yeah. They threatened people. Ah. They told them to get the hell out. Clearly, these neighbors are going to do anything that they can do to shut down this Christmas show that's bringing joy to people by the thousands. Ah. Santa says, I don't understand why people <laughs> act the way they do, knowing that someday they got to answer for the stupidness that they do. Santa says, I don't want to tick off the guy upstairs. Right. Well... Jeremy says, nobody's going to stop me from what I believe is my mission, which is to spread the joy of Christmas, <laughs> Christmas to other people. joy. <laughs> so ain't nobody going to stop me. We fast forward to 2016. Jeremy's outside with a snowblower, wearing the red sweater, okay. of course. And he says, well, this next Christmas show, of course, it had to be bigger. Yeah. And it's going to get bigger and bigger every single year because my neighbors are bitter, angry, old people that deserve it. I now have so many lights. There's no way I could even put up this many lights. This is great because they interviewed uh, Jeremy's parents okay. uh, again. And Jeremy's like, he had a big, huge crane. And Jeremy's dad's like, he had somebody up there with 30 mile an hour winds stringing lights in the tree. Jesus. And, uh, he was using a cherry picker and she goes, it was a crane. Yeah. And then Dex says, uh, it's a cherry picker. Yeah. <laughs> so Can't be fucking that up. He's like, uh, don't talk to me. Like, you know what heavy equipment is. Yeah. So Kim's husband says, this is 2016. I'm trying to remember the month the propaganda started. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> so Ron says he was on social media, inviting anyone and everyone to come to the light show. Yeah. The flyer reads the Christmas lights house. Over 200,000 lights. Wow. Caroling by candlelight, Frosty, Rudolph, Grinch, and more. Free cotton candy and hot chocolate. Aw. Living nativity and live camel. Yeah. Photographs. <laughs> live camel. <laughs> Dolly. Photographs with Santa Claus. Note, professional photographer charges $15 for Santa. Oh, that's actually pretty cheap. Isn't that cheap? Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought they did it. Don't they do it free at the malls? Not free. Definitely. Oh, you pay Santa when oh, you do that? Oh, for sure, I, I think. I didn't know that. <laughs> for sure, I think. I mean, I mean, I, I would assume they'd have to pay him. Well, Jennifer says it's a constant loop of never-ending crazy cycle, and we don't know how to get it off, get off of it. So she says there are certain neighbors that would just leave town, so they yeah. wouldn't have to yeah, deal yeah. with it. Wow. So then you see uh, Jeremy's dad, Dex, at the festival. He's yeah. like, this is great, man. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, so neighbor Jim says he's out chipping ice from the driveway, and the security guard came on and said, uh, you got the driveway blocked off pretty good. 
And I said, yeah, I just wish I could have done it on the roads on the other end. He goes, hey, knock it off. He's got a permit for this. Right. And Jib says, bullshit. <laughs> He's got a permit from the city of Hayden for this. He says, bullshit. We aren't even in the city of Hayden. This is county. Wow. And he says, well, I'm with the sheriff's office. If you don't quit doing this, we're going to strap a restraining order on you. Ooh. He's got the city bulk. Yep. So Dex says, one of the neighbors asked him, who are you? Are you from the show? And I thought I said, or or he said, and he thought I said I was with the police department. Ah. And he threatened me. Ah. Well, he does look like a cop for the record. Okay. The village people cop. Remember? He looks like it. Right, right, right. So Dex says, He's very aggressive, big guy. Well, Jim called the sheriff's office. We caught somebody in here impersonating the sheriff. Oh, boy. So the next thing, we meet Deputy Broche. <laughs> he's the guy that's got to go in and break all this shit up. So he says, somebody was alleging that they were going to kill each other. I drove up to the area. You could see from the house far down the street, the lights are everywhere, cars everywhere, down the roads for several hundred feet. Two people were upset and yelling at each other. Jim says they came and talked to me, and they went over to talk to Jeremy and his minions. Well, Dex says the police officer said, I know the tension in the neighborhood. I know the threats, and I at least had to talk to you because I have to write it in the report. Well, Deputy Broche ultimately concludes death threats were unfounded. There wasn't anything to substantiate or corroborate, but he does think in a joke and says you could always subpoena Dolly the Camel. <laughs> so Kim goes out there to film everything. And Kim says, you know, this is her on camera. She says, this lady can't get past because there's two buses and the congestion. This is what we're all concerned about. Well, Jeremy says, one of my security guys comes up to me and says, look, there's this lady. She's suspicious. She's walking back and forth. Uh-oh. I don't know if she's trying to do something. Well, Jeremy says, I figured out who it was. It was my neighbor, and she was recording things and taking pictures. Ah. Well, Blaine says, I'm driving down the road. This is the bus guy. Right. He says, I see a guy out there snow blowing his driveway, and there's a gal next to the yard that was videotaping. He uh-huh. says, I felt something weird. Uh-oh. The way he was looking at the bus. He's like, this guy isn't going to do something crazy. He says, I was nervous, so I slowed up. And then he threw himself down, just like jump back. Whoa. Like, oh my gosh, I almost got ran over. Oh no. There was a sheriff there that was already there. He said, I don't know what's going on with the neighbors, but they're setting up a fake accident to say that they were dangerous, you know. These all, motherfuckers, almost dude. Running people over. It's on both sides at this point. Yeah. Kim says, there was no incident. Yeah. Kim. Yeah, nobody knew anything about Turned a, fake a soccer match. Staged accident. Yellow card. So. Jeremy says, not only are neighbors threatening people, throwing snowballs and Uh, hurling epithets and hitting cars, people are staging fake accidents with uh, snowplows. It had gone too far. This was a safety issue. Something had to be done. So I stayed at home and through the night and the day and the night and the day (laughs) for four or five days straight. Wow. I wrote the best damn lawsuit of my life. <laughs> this fucking prick. <laughs> I can sue them now until kingdom come. All right. News reporters. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Jeremy Morris is in a legal battle with his Hayden Homeowners Association for his Christmas display. A trial date will be set next month. Morris is seeking $250,000 in punitive damages. Oh, yeah. 
So at this point, I think you've decided whose side you're on by the time you're watching the documentary. It doesn't matter whose side you're on. Everybody's yeah. informed to opinion. I think he's a prick, just trying to drive people crazy. I think he's great. And I, <laughs> that's fine. And, you know, it, it is what it is. But it's getting legal at this point. He's fucking liberal snowflakes there trying you to take go. away Christmas. And I'm like, get this fucking Jesus freak out that's of my right. fucking neighborhood and let me be in peace and quiet. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you and your lights. So Ron says, is this really happening? If he was going to follow suit, why didn't he do it three years ago? And Jeremy says, from the day I moved in, knowing the potential for litigation, I sat there at my window. And anytime I watched someone violate a rule, I was there with a camera. Oh, my God. And I documented it all. There's a rule that you can only have two dogs. So I watched my neighbors Walking three dogs. Oh, God. You still feel good about this guy? Ah, (laughs) it's starting to wane a little bit. So he's got a photo that's marked Exhibit 36 called Extreme Dog Violation, and the dogs are circled in red. Do not Google that. Labeled Dog 1, Dog 2, Dog 3. So then he's got another exhibit numbered 112 Noise Pollution. Okay. And, you know, he's got a decibel reader. Uh-oh. And it says normal level. And it wow. says extreme. Well, Larry says Jeremy has traveled up and down the streets taking pictures of violations. They could wow. be. They may not be. I don't know. Jeremy says you can only have a concrete driveway. Well, someone decided to put an asphalt driveway. There are this rules too meticulous. I being love it. violated. Rule after rule after rule. Left and right. My neighbors are violating rules. I mean, the evidence is just pouring in. And I'm like, wow, this is so bad. Yeah. So he has another exhibits that are titled Unauthorized Exterior Modifications. They were Halloween decorations. Oh, right. One was a bird flag. You know? This guy's... guy's, I love it. He's getting out the fine-tooth comb. He is. And he says... You can't have structures in your driveway. Well, one of the board members permanently has a massive net built on your driveway. Oh, man. Okay, it's not a massive net. What is it? It's a fucking child's goal for kicking soccer balls. And it's not permanent either. So Jeremy says, now, I don't care, but if you're going to come at me, then maybe you better check your own backyard. You know, like don't throw rocks if you live in a glass house. Right. All right, so now we got to meet the attorney. Unless the person you're throwing to is Larry Bird. (laughs) So next we meet the attorney who's going to represent the West Hayden Estate HOA. His name's Peter Smith. Peter says, I think he set up the association. My personal theory is he wanted to put people in a situation where he could use what they said, either recorded or by email or in a meeting, to frame this as a religious discrimination case. Especially when you listen to some of the recordings where he plants words into people's mouths. Uh-oh. That would fit in the case. Yeah. To, uh, He's like an ambulance chaser of uh of Yeah, but this is a long con, if yeah. it is. So um, Peter says, any action taken by almost any person can be framed in some sort of discriminatory light. Yeah. The case has the potential of essentially allowing the Fair Housing Act to become a hammer to hit on people if they object to what you're doing. And they can tie it to it. Even just a, if they can tie it to it, just a, right. a little bit. Yeah. Religion, he's 100% calculated in what sure. he's doing. So then Jeremy represents himself in court. Sure. Of course he fucking yeah, does. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's, in a, he's doing a deposition 
with uh, Jennifer. Now, while they're doing that, they cross cut to Jeremy okay. playing chess by himself. Oh, God. <laughs> it's kind of cool the way it's done. So Jeremy says, this is Jennifer. He's de- deposing. Checkmate. <laughs> In your deposition. I'm going to be asking you questions. And you're going to be answering them under oath. Do you understand? <laughs> She's like, yes. And I'm entitled. Like we've done with all the other HOAs, I know. I'm entitled to what are considered complete answers. Yes. Do you understand? <laughs> yes. You were the president of the HOA during 2015, correct? Yes. Now we take an aside. Jeremy's playing chess by himself. Okay. He says, I really had a lot of joy deposing. Oh, shit. Do you think the letter was discriminating? (laughs) No. I'm like a thousand times smarter than these people. And I can lay traps and set them up every single time. This is why he's playing chess to himself. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did you tell the board that the letter was discriminatory language? Nope. Jennifer says he realized what he's doing. He was asking her questions. He was setting up in his head for her to agree with. Right. It's an old lawyer trick. I remember going, being, being deposed. Only ask answers that you know the answers to. Which he doesn't do. Yeah. He's going to fuck himself. So, but he's, you know, he's trying to get her to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he wants to answer. Sure. Let me rephrase the question. Did you tell the board that the letter was discriminatory? No. I decided... I wasn't going to stand for that, Jennifer says. Hmm. She's And Jeremy says, are there any people living in the West Hayden estate who have a problem with religion? Jennifer, not that I'm aware of. Jennifer says, when he didn't get what he wanted, he just continued to bait and bait and bait. He was expecting me to be his puppet. So the longer the deposition went, the more angry he got with me. Uh. I'm going to ask you another question. Or he says, I'm going to ask you to answer my question. Not the one that you want to answer. Uh-huh. So he says, to my knowledge, has anyone in the neighborhood ever hosted extraordinary large gatherings? She goes, extraordinary large? Just you. <laughs> now, do you have any empathy for the Morris family for how they've been treated? She goes, I feel like the majority of this, you brought it on yourself. Yeah. So anyway... Flash forward to 2018. Christy says, the thought that I was actually going to federal court with my neighbors was unbelievable. It was awkward. It was yeah. tense. There were three rows of neighborhood neighbors all together. Jeremy's husband, or Jennifer's husband, Jeremy, he's the pastor. He says, we just want to get the truth out. Our reputation has been, you know, raked through the mud. Yeah, tarnished. Yeah. And Jennifer says, our hope was that the jury would be able to pick out what was nonsense, the things that were just not real. So the lawyer uh, for the HOA, he says, Jeremy Morris was required to prove that they discriminated against him on the basis of religion. Discrimination isn't always obvious. It can be hidden behind other actions. And that's where the difficulty comes in, is sorting through the mess of facts. And in this case, it's kind of a perfect storm. In some ways, an orchestrated perfect storm. Right. Jeremy says there's not two sides to this. The only Maybe one 35 piece orchestrated. <laughs> Very well done. He says the only way you create two sides to the story is if you lie. But uh, but fortunately, uh-huh. I also record people. Oh uh, yeah. So okay. he drops in the recordings. This is the neighbors. Great. And she told me 
We just don't want him here, neighbor two. They didn't want your beliefs pressed on anybody in the neighborhood. Oh, wow. Yep. Jeremy on recording. Why won't you guys just leave my family alone? Ron, I told you, because you're a fucking bully. Uh Uh-oh. Ron says he thought he was taping everybody because he's an attorney. Well, one neighbor says, I didn't even know if that was legal. I remember thinking first, like, oh, shit, what did I say? More recordings. Why? Why do they come after me, Ron? It's because somebody in this association doesn't like Christmas. Right. Jeremy, well, you nailed it because it's a Christian holiday. Boom. Yep. Peter says, well, when you hear these come out of their mouth, it hurts you because you're like, dang, now I have to explain this, especially the recordings, but they're parsed, right? Yeah. You hear a sentence here and a sentence there, and it's hard to know who's telling the truth. Exactly. Jeremy says, every single action that they took kept confirming through recordings that I made that this was never about a violation of rules. This was about targeting my family. More recordings. Hey, Jennifer, did you tell them it was discriminatory? Did you say that uh, it was discriminatory language? Jennifer, yes. Yes, I did. Where are her recordings? She doesn't have any recordings. Oh, God. You know who has the recordings? I have the recordings. That's right, Mrs. Scott. I do. And let me tell you something, Mrs. Scott. We got you lying in a deposition because you didn't know that I had secretly tape recorded you admitting that your homeowners association board discriminated against me and that you told them that they did. Yep. Four witnesses, mothers testified that they were assaulted at my Christmas show. (laughs) You heard the mothers we heard a gentleman screaming obscenities to us. Move my effing car. Screaming obscenities. Yeah. And he showed, he approached my vehicle and kicked the side of my car. <laughs> he told them they needed to slow the fuck down. <laughs> Just not welcome here. Not welcome in the neighborhood. Then, on the fourth day, during Jennifer Scott's testimony, she says, Mr. Morris said it was a ministry. I looked over at Christy and said, bingo, we won. Yeah. Drum roll. Kim, we were found guilty. Oh. Mm -hmm. And the reaction was disbelief. Wow. Yeah, everybody's shocked. The jury unanimously decided that the HOA had discriminated on religious grounds and awarded Jeremy and Christy $75,000. Okay, not terrible. Yep. It's a heavy burden to take, though, for the you know the neighborhood. They got retirees. I know. I know. Fixed incomes. Yeah. it's a lot. That's why you pay into it already. Yeah, I'm sure. So little... you still think Jeremy's a good guy, huh? Yeah. You're on his side. No. Yeah, freedom. Yeah, freedom. America. Hey, I'm all about freedom. Yeah. But you don't move into an HOA if there's fucking rules. That's <clears throat> true. It's why I bought my house. I was like, fuck HOAs. I yeah. want to be able to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. You know. Anyway. Jeremy came and hugged Christy and was like, we won. Yes. We were just relieved. So the next scene, they cut to Jeremy on a trampoline. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> He's bouncing on his trampoline with his kids. And he goes, who wishes it was Christmas every single day of the year? Oh, shit. I'm telling you, the kids are fucked, man. Yeah. So Jeremy is elated. He says, this was the happy ending of a fairy tale. Winning the lawsuit wasn't really about money. What it was about was about our principles. In America, we love freedom. 
to go where we want, to do what we want, to say what we want, believe whatever we want. If we don't stand up for our values when we're actually, as a family, in a position to do that, then what family would? And that became more important to me than money, than time. I've lost relationships. I've lost time with my children. Probably Probably a good good thing. thing. Yeah, Yeah. right? Time with my wife. (laughs) Probably the same thing. And at the end of the day, is all of this worth it? Yeah. (laughs) He's crying. crying. Yeah. Yes. 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 For Christmas. My family has been vindicated. And it has taken a long time. Yeah. I finally had some sort of justice. Right. All right. So now we flash forward to 2019. Okay. Kim's at the grocery store and she gets a phone call. Well, the judge reversed the jury's decision. Whoa. Yes. Wow. Morris is guilty. Oh, shit. Not them. So Jennifer says, I'll never forget the voicemail. I keep it on my phone. I listen to it all the time. When yeah, I yeah. Myself up. <laughs> yeah. So all the neighbors start partying. They're fucking drinking champagne. And uh, the, the, the federal judge flipped the verdict and ordered Jeremy's family to pay $112,000 of legal fees. So Jeremy's like, so we have a corrupt judge. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Well, here's the judge's decision. The recordings Mr. Morris created of his interactions with other homeowners show that he was aggressively confrontational. Yep. So here's the best recording. This is fucking creepy. This is Jeremy. Let me tell you, Dolly. This is the old lady with the three dogs. Yeah. I'm coming for her. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. The This woman is in violation of the rules. The question is, what dog are we taking from Dolly? Oh, God. So this woman's 80 years old. Yeah. All right. This Jeremy's unhinged in these fucking phone calls. So sure. again, he, he yeah, fucked himself. Him. Of course. But he, he didn't need to give him the crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, the little white one's the one that I want. Oh, God. So judge continues, plaintiff's witnesses did not present credible testimony that held up under cross-examination. Santa counters. The lights weren't bright. Noise? (laughs) What noise? Yeah. Judge, Mr. Morris's testimony was riddled with inconsistencies. Conversely, board president Jennifer Scott was convincingly incredible throughout her testimony. Yeah. So back to the depositions when Jeremy's deposing Jennifer. Sure. This is the question he never should have asked. Okay. He says, was Mr. Morris a bully to you? Right. She says, yes. I felt intimidated and scared. I mean, I was crying on the phone. Yeah. So this is the whole thing of lawyers. You don't ask the question you don't want the answer to or no. Right, right, right. What did you think he was, she was going to fucking exactly. say, you dickhead? Exactly. Fuck him. He let his emotions get the best yeah. of him. Yeah. Well, first of all, he represented himself in court, too. Sure. Come on. Unless you're Ted Bundy and you know. That's how you get, like, that's how you don't have, like, the uh, the uh, the the confidence to do all this because. Your you, ego. Could, no, because you're not paying someone to like you could go you go through the fight longer. Well, and that was their whole point. They were like the, the, he could keep suing us all the time cuz right. it's free money to him. Yeah, yeah. But again, yes, you should represent yourself if you were caught in like of 38 murders. Yes. Because you need to drag that shit out as for as long, long as, as possible. Can. This is your show. Yep. You need to enjoy it. But when you're trying to pull this shit off, yeah. just hire somebody. Sure. So, anyway, um, Jeremy says, we're living in a banana republic. Yeah. Okay. 
It's like one of those little corrupt Latin American countries you read about with a dictator that executes people. Right. So the judge put an injunction in place so Morris was prevented from having his show, which is still in place today. Thank God. But they're all like, we know what's coming. He's going to sue us individually next. Right. So he's going to appeal it too. So now it's June 2020, and they're, it's one of the kids' birthday at the Morris's party. This is so creepy. Okay. This kid's maybe two years old, and he lights the candle on his cake, and they you know, start singing happy birthday. And before the kid blows out the candle, Jeremy says, May sunshine and gladness prepare you on earth for a beautiful birthday in heaven. Oh. I mean, do you want to hear that I when you're a kid? That's fucking creepy. It is. So anyway, he gets in a fight with his wife. He's trying to make a point about this whole thing, but the kids are interrupting. And he's just like, I'm just getting frustrated. Okay. (laughs) I'm trying to make a complete thought and you're all over the place. Can I just start over and talk? So anyway, he says uh, the HOA should be absolutely prohibited in the United States. You know, and the kids, he's losing his shit. He can't get a thought in. And, you know, Chrissy's like, wrap it up. And he's like, I'm just going to go to an insane asylum, you know, you know, at this point, you know, just, and she's like, will you just stop? Okay. So she says, if we're going to lose the appeal, then we would have to pay the HOA attorney's fees from the federal trial. Right. And to the appellate level. It would be a bankruptcy if we're going to lose this. Yeah. And he goes, our case, honey, are you crying? (laughs) Oh, no. It's okay. It's okay. Listen, listen, if we lose, she's just bawling tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, come here, come here, come here. She's like, no, 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 no. He's like, what? It's, it's okay. It's okay. She's like, we're going against our neighbors. And she just walks out of the room in tears. Yeah. Jeremy's like, that's how it's been for years. It's taken a toll on our marriage. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it hurts our kids. Yeah. She's probably been fucking Larry Bird. Yeah, That's maybe. what my take is. <laughs> that was all a setup. Really? Larry Bird came over for some pussy. Yeah. And then she just pretended like, I don't know who you yeah, are. And yeah. he was like, I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, Jeremy says, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands I've spent on the case. It's a huge investment, not just in our family, but also helping other people. If we win... We can set a precedent that people will use our case to exercise their property rights to feel free in their home. So they all gather around to watch like the it. whole thing on Zoom. Yeah. And um, the neighbors are watching. He's watching. It's a three-panel judge. And um, Jeremy's lawyer uh, says, you know, this court should reinstate the jury's unanimous verdict. Now, right. at least he got a, a lawyer this time. Yeah. I'll give him that. Judge is like, well, what's a discrimination? And the lawyer says, well, I think a reasonable reader reading, some of our residents are non-Christians or of another faith, and I don't even want to think of the problems that could bring up. Well, Kim says the original letter, if I read it one way, I say that's an inclusive statement. We're just trying to watch out for everybody's beliefs in the neighborhood. Right. And Christy says, could a reasonable reader look at the letter and say that it's not discriminatory? And I would have to say no. Well, Jerry, Jeremy's lawyer says seven unanimous members of the jury read the letter and understood it with the explicit reference to non-Christians or members of another faith. Jerry's like, bam, <laughs> all right. <laughs> then the judge says, but the whole discussion is about the event. Yeah. Not about the person or the fact he's Christian. Kim's good, like, yes. Good, good point. Thank you. So 
all the neighbors are like, this doesn't have anything to do with religion. And, you know, the lawyer's like, I disagree. The statement is very much about religion. And Julie, the neighbor says, it could be read that way if you're a paranoid idiot. Yeah. So, you know, Jennifer says half of the board of the, uh, half the people on the board share the same beliefs as you. Why would we discriminate against you? Right. You know? So the judge says, does your claim rest on the notion that the Christmas event was a religious activity? Jeremy's lawyer says, in terms of the Morris's personal beliefs, they lived out those beliefs in hosting the Christmas event. Judge says, the Christmas event was Frosty the Snowman and hot chocolate. Right. <laughs> Jeremy's pissed. Yeah. No, it wasn't. We had a nativity scene. It was a real camel. <laughs> Don't disrespect Roby the robot. Yeah. He's a Christian robot too. Yeah. So Roby's his Christian name. <laughs> so Judge says, an awful lot of what's going on here is not religious. Yeah. So Jeremy says, some people say, do you have to have this Christmas show to really be a Christian? My response to that, none of your business. Yeah. Well, the judge says, your time is up. And Christy drops her head to the table and she just starts crying. Yeah. So Jeremy says, how a person wants to celebrate their faith is really up to them. That's this, this is about freedom. So we finally hear from the HOA attorney, Peter. And he says, you know, um, I am the attorney for the homeowners association. And Jeremy jumps in and says, also known as devil's friend. That's <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. He's nuts. So they, uh, you know, he's saying, how can this letter be read to be discriminatory? Yeah. And Judge Collins, this is the different judge. He says they were concerned that people wouldn't like their display of their Christian faith and that therefore it wasn't going to be allowed. Why is that? Why am I wrong? Jeremy, exactly. He's yeah. finally got a little help right, on like, his yeah, side. Yeah, a little so, um, momentum. And then he starts texting on his phone. And Christy's like, just put that down. Jeremy's like, hold on, I'm texting my attorney. Like he's trying to text her right now yeah, to yeah, give yeah. her like shit to help out with. Like sure. this guy cannot keep his hands out of the fucking right. pot. Yeah, it's his whole life. Yeah. Well, Peter Smith says being purportedly tied to a Christian event, isn't that an endorsement of that religion over other people's religion? Oh, yeah. Jeremy, it's not their business. This isn't a First Amendment case. So Jeremy continues. He says, so then no one can practice their faith? then no one can do anything on their property. What a commie. This guy's a communist. Yeah. Christy's just like, stop, honey. He's a commie. Jesus Christ. Losing his fucking mind. Yeah. So Jeremy's dad, he pipes in and he says, look, Jeremy's much, uh, very much a fundamentalist of rights individual. And he ran into uh, an HOA. HOA is really socialism. It takes away from the individual. That's bullshit, by the way. Uh, I mean, in some cases, it could be. Okay, but here's the thing. Let me, because I'm curious to know what our, read, our listeners sure. think about this. You have a choice to become an HOA. Yes. The purpose of an HOA is this. For your neighbors not to park 12 fucking cars on the property to bring down the property value. Right. You choose to live in that environment. I don't live in an HOA. My neighbors could fucking do whatever the fuck they want and, you know, put, put shit all over their property, which brings my property value down. Right. So that's why I disagree. You can't call it socialism, in my opinion. Okay. Fair that's enough. just my, my whole opinion. So anyway, um, Jeremy, he's screaming at the zoom call 
He says, this is the same schmuck that said people can't assemble on my property. He used the word assemble. The American Constitution was set up really as a way to limit government. These are the things that are just basically liberties that come from God. The First Amendment guarantees a right to assemble and the right to religious expression. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Until you fucking move into the neighborhood where you sign a document that says, I'm not going to be a fucking asshole. Yeah, 200,000 lights, huh? We, uh, Peter wraps up and he says, freedom cuts both ways, you know, and he's saying, well, my right trumps yours. When they push back, he's saying, now you're walking all over me. You know, that's the really, really tough questions that society has to answer is who wins when two different interests collides. Right. You know, I mean, he says, I think we're seeing that in a society uh, as an overall. Right. So the female judge says, it seems to me to be undeniable that this is a nuisance. Does that justify the injunction? Peter argues that it does. He says any one of those grounds would be a violation of the covenants, conditions, and restrictions allowing an injunction. So uh, Kim Kim says, this is uh, a Christian ministry of mine. I have rights. I have rights to do this. So Peter says they're obviously not easy questions to answer, and you know he's glad he's not on the panel that has to make the decision. So one of the neighbors says, I hope they see the right and the wrong of the whole case. And I personally think we're right. We've never done anything wrong. Julie just says it's never going to end. Yep. So Kim's husband says, now we have to wait. And it could be months uh, or longer until we hear from the judge. Jeremy says, if we lose the appeal, then we'll be appealing to the United States State Supreme Court. Hell yeah. And it would become a million dollar lawsuit. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, Jennifer's husband, Jeremy, says if we win and Morris does appeal it to the Supreme Court, it's another five to six years of this. Jesus These Christ. people just want to be fucking done, you know? So, uh, again, their fear is Jeremy can sue for free because yeah. this is what he does for a fucking living. Right. She says, you know, this really isn't about the show. You know, it's really about one person getting what they want. I mean, and trampling people to get what they want. Now she starts breaking down. She says, there's no victory in that. Nothing. So Kim says what he did was very contrary to what scripture tells us to do. Sure. To not repay evil with evil, to strive to do what is good. He did the exact opposite. So Julie, the the blue hair, she's like, maybe I'm vindictive, but I'll never forgive the guy. Right. So, and you know, Jennifer's still being recorded, pissed about being recorded without her knowledge. And now she's afraid of people. She's got a little (laughs) PTSD from that. So the girls all meet up for their weekly bunco game. Uh, Or, you know, they call it sharing a common enemy, I guess. Yeah. And they're thankful that the whole debacle's brought them, you know, closer together. So. Kim says people would say snide remarks or, you know, the neighbor who came storming down the road, profanity coming out of his mouth, which I did witness. I've said bad things. I've gossiped. I got sucked in. And there were times I acted in a way that I'm ashamed of. So meanwhile, we focus on Christy. Yeah. She's baking cookies. Oh. Alone. Aww. So she says that, you know, everyone in this wishes things could have gone differently or regrets something. And everyone has a part. I feel like it would be best for everyone if, you know, I just moved. <laughs> she needs to move away <laughs> yeah. from Jeremy. Yeah. I feel like it would give peace for my neighbors and it would give peace for my family. It's not what I want. So, you know, she says, 
I think we've just missed out. Yeah. So the director asks one question at this point in the film, and she directs it at Kim. And she says, what do you think his motives are? And Kim just looks and says, I don't want to get sued. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So none of them are just even going to play along because they're yeah. afraid that this he could even take this documentary film and make things worse for him. Right. So... I'm surprised uh, it even came out. Julie doesn't give a fuck. She says, the only thing I can come up with is that he was trying to get the, the big lawsuit going to make a name for himself. Sure. So his dad says, hey, Jeremy's intention was to become a senator. And he thought... Oh, wow, really? Yeah. And he thought because of the conservative nature of Idaho, he had a good possibility of becoming a senator. He even wanted to become the president. Oh, yeah. So I could do this to the White House. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Just doing it just so you can like show off his skills. First, uh, <laughs> first lady of yeah. the White House. Yeah, first lady, the first queen of the White House. So the the film ends. Watch us get sued for yeah. defamation, dude. We're gonna get sued for this, guaranteed. Cease and desist. Yep. So uh, they're showing the last scene, and they take a picture, and it's the kids, Jeremy and his wife. Okay. And instead of saying cheese. He says, say Santa. Oh, God. <laughs> Santa. And that's how the film ends. Now, the film ends. We see uh, a title on the screen. And it says, Jeremy has filed a complaint of judicial misconduct against the judge in this case. Got it. And uh, the neighborhood is still waiting for a decision on the appeal. And lastly, Dolly no longer has three dogs. Oh, what a punk. I wonder if one of them died or if he took it. Uh, you know, it's very... I think... Uh, I know the answer because I did okay. the research. Sure. It, the dog died of natural cause. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So I want to read you a couple of these Reddit comments. Sure. Because they're pretty, pretty fucking okay. hysterical. So the dog. Yeah. That's right. The little white one that Morris wanted to get. Right. It was a Bajan Frise named Andre. I accompanied Dolly to the vet to have him put down about a month ago before the uh, trial. He was old and was having trouble breathing and was declining very quickly. Yeah. All three of her dogs and the three I had at the time are gone now, all due to age and health issues. Morris was not the reason. So uh, Rock Me Ishmael responds and says, closeted gay Christian taking on his frustrations on some bullshit. Um. <laughs> this is this, this one's pretty good. Scrolled way too far for this comment. Dude is obviously closeted, and Christmas is his time to express. Himself. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Express yourself. Uh, that guy seven fifty five on Reddit says those kids are going to grow up absolutely hating Christmas. Yep. yep. I get it. Yep. Those are some wonderful comments. Uh, straight. Edged 420 says, wish they had delved more into the psychology of why Jeremy was so obsessed with Christmas. I was surprised they didn't bring up something dramatic besides bowling that would explain it. I got a strong sense that his wife and him have been high school sweethearts and that he was closeted. <laughs> so it's not just us. Yep. Hate to tell you, but the rest of the world here is uh, Christian conservative and the image that pops into their head is a cunt like Jeremy Morris. <laughs> All right. For everyone feeling sorry for his wife, she just posted a video on his YouTube channel called The Christmas Lawyer, and she's every bit of repugnant gaslighter that he I is. Bet, I bet. Uh, friggin' uh, Ader says this. I just want to comment this in case he reads this. You're an absolute cunt bucket. 
So I like Cunt Bucket. Cunt Bucket's good. So, so he has us. he has a YouTube channel. Right. So I went on the YouTube channel. He has uh, he does like weekly updates of what's going on in his life, and um, he has a a channel where he put up death threats uh, and uh, uh, cards. Right. That are both positive and negative. Got it. Um, he also has a uh, a video called Jeremy Morris meets Chevy Chase. Oh, how nice. He didn't really meet him, though. Oh, he doesn't? He went to a screening of... Lame. <laughs> exactly. But he documented. It's like 20 minutes long. Oh, God. And he's in the audience going, that's Chevy Chase on screen. Oh, God. On stage with his wife talking about Christmas vacation. So you're waiting. Weird. You're going to be like, oh, we're going to see an interview with him. Yeah. No. No. No, he paid for 60 bucks for the VIP v- meet and greet, <coughs> shook yeah. the fucker's hand for 10 seconds, and then he was like, yeah, get out of here, you fuck. Yeah, you fucking weirdo. So I did a little digging on his Facebook page because it was kind of high comedy. Okay. So uh, last year in February, he said, instead of watching the Super Bowl and a group of racists that hate America, I've decided to have a Jesus Bowl party. Yeah. My whole family is watching the 1977 classic Jesus of Nazareth uh. with chips, dip, pizza, finger sandwiches, and all the trappings of a Super Bowl party. I think Jesus is going to win this game. Yay. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. That's pretty good. Jesus. So uh one of another one of his videos I found, mm-hmm. he pretends to be Mr. Rogers. He Aww. sings the whole song with and he's got the red sweater does, on. Like, the, the switching of the shoes and stuff. Does the whole shoe thing. Okay. And then says, Today's episode is how to assemble an artificial Christmas tree. Awesome. It's got 500 views, and he goes by the Christmas lawyer if you want to subscribe. Cool. He says, you know, it might surprise a lot of people, but when I assemble an artificial Christmas tree, I move fast. It's not precision. You also have to have speed. So I also went and watched another one of his videos, and he claimed in the video that 80% of Idahoans live in an HOA, and nearly every uh, every American lives in one as well. That's bullshit. Okay. I pulled up the number. Yeah, I don't live in one. No, I pulled up the number. It's twenty eight percent of Idaho's population, and nationwide it's fifty three percent. Now, oh course, wow, really? Yeah, I thought that was high. Wow, maybe it's like apartments, kind of also. <laughs> so I posted that on his uh, page, and it's not coming up yet. I even. Uh, Posted on Christmas Day, yeah, and thanked him, yeah, and said Merry Christmas to him. On probably Christmas has to be Day. approved. You think the messages, the comments, probably okay. Since this shit, and then I think I should just close with his one response after the movie, okay, which I found was interesting. He said, "I'd love to use, I would have loved to use my deep knowledge of constitutional law, economics, and Western civilization to help the state of Idaho, but." This Christmas was the film premiere of my life's work called Twas the Fight Before Christmas. <laughs> it can't be your life's work if you're not even producing it. Yeah. He said, Apple spent three years on the film and an obscene amount of money making it. It tells the story of how I spent over a million dollars that I didn't have over eight years fighting for the right to raise money on my own property for children with cancer at Christmas time. So he's yeah. painting himself to be the ultimate the fucking martyr, victim. Sure. Yeah. I receive support from countries all over the world, but not one knock at my door from anyone in the local, state, national GOP. Oh, I decided decided it's best to know when to fold them. 
I'm sorry, Idaho. I could have really helped yeah. put an end to the abuse of property owners by HOAs, <laughs> highlighted the rigged court system, and promoted traditional American culture. It was not meant to be. Homosexual groups, anti-Christian hate groups, they knew how to find me. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure he knew how to find the homosexual yeah, groups yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, they know how to find him because his fucking house is lit up so damn bright. Thousands of them sent me wonderful hate messages, including some death threats internationally. Oh, how tolerant they are. But while the left-wing crazies found me, not one church, not one legislator with a desire to protect the culture and our constitution ever gave me a call. Where were the hundreds of people in the communities holding candles and singing Silent Night on my lawn as a crooked judge overturned a unanimous jury and stole Christmas, ordering my house to remain dark? In my head, the fairy tale ends with hundreds coming together singing Christmas carols as a way to counter tyranny, fighting evil, and bringing light into a place made dark by our psychotic judicial system. What a missed opportunity. I always planned to one day run for office. I thought maybe that's why this whole nightmare happened to my family, so that God could then use me in a bigger way. Ah, what a nice sense of it. Not anymore. Right. That's a wrap. Poor guy. Yep. Poor guy. Poor guy. So how do you feel about him now? Uh, dickhead. Fuck him. Yeah, right? Yep. But do you think it was a uh, setup and a con from the jump? No. Or did guy, it evolve? This guy just seems like he's just really into Christmas. And then he got, and then he got involved. Yeah. He just didn't like the idea of being sued. It like frustrated. It's it, ego. It, it got into his, his, uh, what his realm was. And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah you want to take me on? I've been fighting for this day. My whole life. Do you think? Do you think he's still together with his wife? No, probably not. Probably not either. I'm guessing it's not going to last long. Yeah. So, um, uh, it's it's a two star film at best. Sucks. Here's Apple the thing. Apple did do a good job. Here's the thing. It's not that Apple didn't do a good job. It's crafted very well. Sure. The story's just not that amazing. Yeah, dog you, shit. You, you think it's going to be a bigger story than it yeah, is. Yeah, it was like it's for fun, Christmas. But it's just, it's not it's not a big enough story. Right. It's not exciting enough. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's in a way, you feel bad for the guy. Because you know when in his heart, he's a good person. He's just a misguided guy. Sure. But that's what the world's full of. I agree. You know? I'm so um, you don't need to watch it. Um <laughs> But, uh, of course, if you do want to support the show, you can give us a uh, five-star review on Apple Pods or always send us an email. We're always looking for your recommendations on future documentaries, so do send them to us. And we'll be back next week with episode 22, which is only, what, 99 episodes away from the fart jar? That's right. So we'll get there eventually. Uh, if you guys do happen to bottle up your farts, send us a picture of the jar, uh, date and label it. And then we'll have the fart in the jar unveiling in about two years from now. I Sounds can't, good. I can't believe we're actually doing that. I hope we're still around doing the show. Uh, happy holidays. And uh, we will see you next week on down on the docks. <laughs>